Say it in a lovely Mikey Chan treble. In, in a what? what happens if you say like you, how you normally talk? That is how I normally talk. <laughs> Time Jive, the podcast where the games are made up and my co-hosts don't matter. My name is Tyler Pino. My name is wait, don't matter. This, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about this today. Like I, I, I think that Off Time Jive, um, I'm pretty much the Marilyn Manson of podcasts. Uh, any time that things start to get good, I seem to dump the co-host and find a new one. <laughs> um uh Started with Jamie, obviously. Didn't didn't dump Jamie, but, you know, he's not in New York, so things didn't work out. He's I really want him to come back to Off-Time Radio and host a show, and maybe we'll find something else, because he's really just a fucking wonderfully funny person. So um, much more than my... Then, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, then there was... Who else? I guess Kevin Kelly. I don't really... We don't do anything with him anymore. Then Gian, he moved back to Florida. Then there was Mikey Chang. Mikey <laughs> Chang's still here. yeah. Just waiting I mean, for the right opportunity to, you know, get out of this. Yeah, when we stop doing it in your room, then <laughs> Which will be soon. I'm moving, You are everybody. moving, yeah. So then the listeners won't know where I live. That way, that creepy person that emailed you that one time, it's all about you. It's all the Michael Holler show now. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. That'll well, be fun. Mm-hmm. So, how was your week, dude? Uh, it was all right. We, uh, we got... Talking to the microphone, would we, you? I was, I was looking at a list. Come on, give me a break. Uh, it was all right. I started school... This week, uh, so that's that's fun. Yeah, you started school today. How was that? Uh, it was wonderful, especially considering that my sleep schedule is now accustomed to going to bed at four o'clock in the morning and then. I know that always seems to happen yeah. to me. Um, yeah. Really, just even on the weekends. So you know, I was thinking last night. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, do well. I'm gonna go to bed early. I'm gonna wake up, you know, well rested. Grab a brush. And shit. Yeah. Put on a little makeup. Yeah. Exactly. Hide the scars to fade away the shakeup. No, just to hide the single herpy on your lip. Is that a herpy? I don't think so. No, it's a pimple. We yeah. checked. I was like, Mom. <laughs> doesn't taste like herpes. <laughs> <laughs> Any- anyway, y'all know a little something about Mikey yeah. Chan's face. He's yeah. got a pimple on it. Yeah, I'm still what 14 years old, so it happens something occasionally. Like that. Herpes happens. This is what happens 14. when I eat an entire. That's when I got herpes. Yeah, it's it's what happens when I eat an entire bag of Ruffles. You'd be amazed. Like, I eat boxes and boxes of Hostess cupcakes, but, like, one Ruffles and it'll fuck me up. Really? Yeah. That's always been interesting to me because I've never been the kind of person that has gotten acne based on what I ate. Yeah? Yeah. I just get really fat. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Yeah. But, yeah, no, my week was school. No Jesus one fucking Christ. asked you, Pino. They were talking about me. No, I'm just kidding. It's my fucking show. That's fair enough. How was your week? How was how was improv? God damn it. You want to know something about improv? We have our presentation tomorrow. You, technically, you could come to it if you wanted. I wouldn't recommend it, but... Um, uh, <laughs> well, how do you prepare for an improv presentation? You just practice a lot. You don't... What do you practice? Here's the thing. Can you um, just bullshit the whole thing? I mean, that's what improv is, right? I mean, that is exactly what improv is. What we do, and it's a lot like whose line it is it anyway... Uh, um, you don't and understand. as much as well, no people. There's this 
this this idea that whose line is it anyway was bullshit because they rehearsed it ahead of time, um, and they do rehearse it ahead of time, but they don't plan out what they're gonna do. They just know what games they're gonna play. Mm-hmm. But if you you know have done any improv anytime, it's impossible to plan it out because you've got multiple people playing every game. And even if you had this idea like, oh, I'm gonna make a sketch about Batman, the second somebody else comes onto the stage and says, oh no, this is a sketch about fucking Lay's potato chips, then it's a sketch about Lay's potato chips. You can't do anything to... I'm sure uh, Batman loves Lay's potato chips. Uh, he, no, probably not. But I mean, He's what, really, really what, fit. What are they going to fault you for? Be like, no, oh, your fucking improv wasn't well rehearsed enough. Oh, no, they can't fault you for anything. I mean, the audience can fault you and be like, you fucking suck, and they <laughs> not will. funny, yeah. Um, but, uh, This podcast no, is brought to you by uh, Amateur Night at the Apollo Theater. Yeah, dude. I'm going to be living relatively close to the Apollo. I'll be uptown soon. Uptown? Last time I heard it was Not downtown. Like up, up, up. T- the Apollo is no, 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 no. Fuck. You were downtown. Yeah, I was, but that changed. Um, that apartment was taken. We found a really nice place, really, really close to Central Park in uh, the upper. So it's like the fucked up part. Of- no, no, no. It's technically Upper West Side. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, it might actually technically be like South Harlem, but it's so fucking nice. Well, the you know, that's place where it's great. That's where Zool was, you know, Central Park West. Yeah, he yeah, was the upper part. Uh huh. We have ghosts in this building, I bet. Yeah, got a statue of... to Nikola Tesla. Yeah, ghost of Nikola Tesla. Which I mean, like, if you're gonna if you're gonna be haunted by anyone, Nikola Tesla. Like... He was history's first supervillain. Created a death ray. You want to know why he lived in here? Probably because we got a giant uh, electrical system in the basement. Yeah, we also have electrical problems in this building. Well, yeah, because the electrical system predates the Empire fucking State Building. You fuck. My grandfather predates the Empire State Building, and I'm sure he's very attractive, but. What I mean to say That's is, why there I caught could you with this picture. It was really weird. I know. It's... Why were you panting so heavily? Because I was masturbating, Michael. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, you know, old Asian men are—that's my thing. Um, not the worst thing in the world, but there's news. There's news. There's always news. There's news. In there's the world. always news, and we're always late to report on it. Ah, well, actually, no. Today we're not all that late because I wrote this uh, this morning. Where did the news go, Michael? This is the second fucking time, Pino! It's right here. Don't be so loud. You're gonna fuck up the recording, you bitch. The Power Rangers movie yeah. is in the news. According to Latino uh, Review, um, Jason David Frank says... A Who, good if friend you're, of ours. If uh, you're unaware, is the, uh, the green and white Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And if you listen to this, you've got to be aware, because he is just the fucking darling of the fanboy community. He's very, oh, yeah. very friendly at conventions and stuff. Uh, free hand jobs for whoever buys a picture, um, is what I mean by that. He says that he's going to be in this movie, but he doesn't know in what capacity. Yeah, I don't know in what capacity. I mean, honestly, as much as I love him, I, I don't want to see Power Rangers acting if they're going to bring it to the big screen. I what I want this film to be. Are you be, calling Jason David Frank a bad actor? Is no, that what you're saying? I'm calling him a Power Ranger, which is great because I love that show, but um. What I would want this movie to be is less less like the 1980s Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd film and more like the 2011 Dredd film. You know, kind of a smaller budget, really grounded, more hardcore version of the I thing. mean, I think that's what it's going to... It might not be as good as Dredd, but I think that's probably going to be... It's a Lionsgate film. Yeah. Um, Dredd was a Lionsgate film. They're uh, not a small budget you know, studio, but I guess in terms of Hollywood studios, yeah. Yeah, thirty three I think Dread was made with thirty three million. And that's that's nothing that's fucking peanuts and 
you know, comparison to other major action films. Basically but, buying clothespins on a set of Transformers. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine that they're going to be putting more than a couple million, you know, you know, 50 to yeah. 75 million which, into Power Rangers. You, which, honestly, you can still make a great action film. I, I mean, mean, they've been making Power Rangers uh, since that series began for $30 a season. Yeah, no, seriously. Literally. Uh, should I explain this to the listeners? Go ahead. So, um, the American version of Power Rangers is actually based on a Japanese series called Super Sentai. I think most of them know that. You think so? But go ahead. Alright, um, well what happened was, uh, Super Sentai, when it was in its 16th season, it was a series called Kyoryu Sentai Zoo Ranger, when, uh, the producer, Haim Saban, uh, producer of Power Rangers, more, more likely, uh, he saw this and he was like, wow, this is a great idea I could totally copy off of. So, you know what? I'm going to get a bunch of teenage actors that I don't have to pay pretty much at all, and I'm going to buy the rights to use the stock footage of Speaking all Speaking these... of which, um, if anybody out there is looking for, you know, a, well, significantly older than teenage actor that is willing to work for no money at all, Tyler at AllTimeRadio.com. <laughs> what he was basically saying was um, we, could, uh, we could take all these pre-recorded fight scenes that already have the special effects, the explosions, and the choreography all done, and intersplice it with scenes that we film for five minutes at, you know, kids hanging out at the juice bar. Uh, and it was incredibly, it was incredibly popular. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers made some like five billion dollars in its first season. It's one of the hands down most lucratively successful, financially successful television series of especially, all time. Especially considering the actors were paid like a hundred dollars an episode. Even after the show became wildly popular, they were still getting paid like a hundred dollars an episode. The show cost like nothing to make. And I mean, do you think Power Rangers like that's a household? term yeah you know um, oh well you weren't you know around back then but i do remember because i was in kindergarten when that hit and uh i was super into that show and my parents actually the first year that they were available went to stores from west palm beach to miami which if you don't know is like within a 150 mile radius Jesus they went to Christ. toys r us's from west palm to miami to buy me all of those, like, really shiny Power Rangers action figures oh, for I have Christmas. Those. I have so um, many of those. Yeah, I had them. They're probably in horrible condition. But, yeah, no, I had every one of them, and I was probably the... There were people getting trampled in stores. I think my dad probably had to pull out, like, a submachine gun to get this done, but they did it, God bless them. Um, no, Power Rangers was fucking huge. Yeah, and they fucked up, and they got you the Blue Ranger, not the Green Ranger, right? Well, no, they got me the Blue Ranger, the Green Ranger, the Red Ranger, the Yellow Ranger, the Pink Ranger, not the White Ranger, but they would later on, but it hadn't been released yet, so... Well, yeah, because the White Ranger was season two. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, Green Ranger was everyone's favorite. Mm-hmm. You couldn't watch a show and not be like, yeah, the Green Ranger, yeah, he sucks, no. Yeah, I like the White Ranger, because, you know, white power. <laughs> um, but no, a very lucrative show, and uh, it... The show, as as a big of a fan of the show I am, I kind of feel like the show kind of felt a shit after it was sold to Disney. Um, when was that? Because it, it was all well, no, it was on Fox Kids. And yeah, it was Fox on Fox Kids. Kids and then was Genix. bought out by ABC, and ABC is a subsidiary of the Disney, Disney Corporation. Yeah, um, had three seasons, three seasons of Mighty Morphin, Power Rangers Zeo, Power Rangers Turbo, which was terrible, Power Rangers uh, in Space. Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue, and Power Rangers Time Force. Those so are really all... it went from space to just deeper and deeper and deeper into space and circled back around and it was choo-choo trains. Tell them about that. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, after Time... That's Mikey Chan's favorite of the uh, Super Sentai series. He likes trains. Uh, no, that's really not true. And after after, uh, after Time Force, they, they sold it off to Disney and the show just 
came terrible. And you know what I always found was really funny? Um, every, like, for most of the Disney seasons of that show, like, the actors on that show hated each other. Like, there were so many times in that season where, like, they were talking at conventions. They are like, oh, yeah, I mean, not not going to talk bad about my co-host or my co-star or anything, but... Co-host. Yeah. yeah Gian, so. fuck you. Yeah, fuck you, Gian Gomez. We miss you. Um... Yeah, and even in uh, one of the Disney seasons, like, they kept having to replace the Red Ranger because the guy kept quitting. Kept murdering people on boats. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck was that? I mean, everybody reported that as the Red Ranger killed somebody, but it wasn't. It was, like, some extra that was on Power Rangers at some point. What happened? You don't know this? I didn't know this. How do you not know this? This was relatively recent, in the last, like, four or five years, maybe. Um, was there like five was somebody. Years old. <laughs> yeah, four or five years ago, you were cum. Um,. Uh, uh, somebody attached to Power Rangers, but in some very flimsy capacity, uh, was uh, charged with fucking murder in California. Well, I know that there was a uh, there was a stuntman. Yeah, was that it? Power okay, that's no, no, no. It. He was a stuntman in Power Rangers, and he was a house burglar, and he was using fucking crazy choreography and black backflips and shit. To like, like you do. Yeah, break into people's houses. <laughs> well, if I could do that, I would do it too, um, but I can't. But no, anyway, go on, choo-choos. What were you saying? But, um, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's really funny, because shows in Japan, they go one of two ways. They're really dark, foreboding, depressing, and they crush your hopes and dreams. Or they're really nonsensical and silly and just really out there. And then you'll have this odd blend. Or they're all about tentacle rape. Well, yeah, but... Or, you know, a strange combination of the three, which I find to be usually the case. (laughs) (laughs) That's the subtext. (laughs) Uh... Trees are horrible, and they will rape you. <laughs> well, I mean, or you are a Sam Raimi fan. Um, That's true. Did he did he introduce that concept to American cinema? I, it's, the, it's the only cinematic depiction of, of, of vine rape that I could think of. Yeah, I, and I, I don't mean, really want to think like about Western that. Cinema. Why? Mm, yeah. <laughs> don't do that ever again. What? Don't put that image in my head again. Vine rape? Yeah. Um, you watched the movie. I did. I saw both films, the original and the remake. Um, I like the remake and the original. I, I did too, which is surprising because they're both really embittered uh, <laughs> against everything. But no, Power Rangers, Super Sentai. Love it. Super Hentai. Also that too. Delete your browser history. Oh. Um, but no, Jason David <laughs> Frank was talking about... Um, being involved in some capacity with film, which I don't, I don't blame him. Like this, this man is the, he is the flagship of Power Rangers. I mean, yeah, absolutely. He, he wasn't even the first Power Ranger. No, he but was he was the most the popular. Best. I mean, he was always my favorite. Fucking Tommy. I grew. That was the reason that I grew long hair, and I had long hair till I was like, oh, twenty three. Was it really? Yeah. Was it really? Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> you know they they um they actually used to have uh. It was like, you know, train with the Green Ranger karate videos on VHS. I remember them. <laughs> you had those? No, I didn't have those because I, like, actually did karate. But, uh, and then later on Taekwondo for much longer. But um, I, do, I do remember those being a thing. That was a little bit after I think I was into that. Yeah, but, um, but no, you know, actually, he came back in one of the Disney seasons. Did he? Yeah, uh, he was, like, I think... He played Zordon. 30 at the time? No, but... Uh, Gross. No, he came back and uh, it was in the show... It was a series, Dino Thunder. 
And he was like this. How old is he now? He can't be all that old. He's like late thirties, I want to say. Okay. He, he's apparently still young enough to beat the shit out of everyone he's who challenges him. He's apparently still young MMA. enough to not record an intro for our podcast. Yeah, fair I'm enough. just saying. Um, get back to us. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, so I told you, stop sending them dick pics. Um, but Do what I want when I want to who I want. <laughs> but um. But no, he came back in one of the later Disney seasons, and he was like a school teacher who ended up training the Rangers and became a Ranger, which is really old. They made a lot of old jokes. It was funny. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but no, Jason David Frank, great guy. Really, really, really. I know you've so met nice. him. How many times have you met him? Twice. Yeah. And how many times have you slept with him? None at all, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I, I always keep trying to get him to follow me on fucking Instagram or something. Although, I do have um, Austin St. John, who uh, who is Jason, the original Red Ranger. Oh, okay, yeah. Not Rocky, the shitty Red Ranger, but Jason, the original awesome Red Ranger. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's following me on Instagram and Twitter for really? reasons unknown, yeah, but he's he's so cool. because all those dick so nice. pics yeah, no, exactly. that I sent him yeah, on no. your behalf. Yeah, no, but he, he's he's really nice as well, and it it's... I love them. They're, bo- they're both awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, this movie, though, it's set for... Um, when 2016. is it? 2016. Summer of 2016. However, they haven't started shooting yet. They haven't started shooting. That they seems so strange to they me. Don't because have, yeah, the quote from Latino Reviews says he, he, he doesn't know what uh, their plan is. He says he, he knows he's involved, but they haven't told him in what capacity. And to be this close to the release date... Yeah. I mean... That's that's interesting. Yeah. Do you think it's going to happen? I think it's going to be pushed back. But, I mean, if fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles can come out... Oh, I, they could absolutely make a movie yeah. in that amount of time. They could get it out uh, like for it, this fucking summer if they start shooting right now. However... Um, that's not usually how things work, especially for something that would turn out to be a really big tentpole kind of movie for Hopefully. Lionsgate. Hopefully. Well, it would, because Lionsgate's a smaller scale company, and uh, that, that would be a major summer movie. I think that now is the time to do it, because the people that watched Power Rangers originally, and this is going to be, um, if the rumors are true, a remake of you know the original uh, season. Yeah. The first season. Um... Now would be the time to do it because everybody's entering, you know, their their twenties and thirties. Well, Bondi America, um, the the toy proprietors for Power Rangers, they've, a, they've actually noticed that, and I have a lot of the shit on my shelf right now. I'm looking at it, uh, you've, and they you've, you've given them so much money, so much money, it's pathetic. And they have the the legacy line, which is uh, the original toys from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, made in like diecast metal and badass sounds and things like that. Uh, I have a dr- the Dragon Dagger that the Green Rangers have. It's plated in 24 karat gold. It's so shiny and beautiful. Um, but I, I think they, they know that they have a fan base that's aging and that they can appeal to that demographic because we at this point have jobs and we will spend $80 on a fucking plastic metal Dragon Dagger. Well, that makes you sense. will. I don't, don't group us in together like that. <laughs> um, I like to buy things like food and alcohol um, and other sensible purchases. Like $12 cigarettes in Manhattan. Oh, that's not a sensible purchase, but it's an, literally an addiction. What is your excuse? It's an addiction. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, the second bit of news, um, fucking Suicide Squad. Yeah. There are some rumors that have come out uh, about the <clears throat> plot, the potential plot. Spoiler alerts. Eh, potentially. Um, the interesting bit to me 
is that if the rumors are to be believed, the script currently involves um, a plot where they meet Enchantress. Which, right, which, I that mean, that's been thing. confirmed. That was a thing, yeah. yeah. That's, she's going to be in the movie. Um, but the thing is, they meet her as a character called uh, June, who has a split personality. And on her bad days, she's the Enchantress. On her good days, she's June. Why this is interesting, that is the plot of the first story arc for Justice League Dark. Is it? Literally. That is that is the main thrust of the uh, um, story. And that was... I fucking loved that run. I, I kind of fell off the wagon after that. It got a little bit, you know... Not bad, but it just didn't, you know, captivate my interest. Um, and it had to do with uh, Constantine and all of them coming together. I need to read this. You would like the first run. I'll, I don't know if I have the trade, but uh, if I could find it, I'll lend it to you. But uh, it has to do with Constantine. Uh, the biggest thing, and spoiler, spoiler, I guess, is him finding out that they're the same person. And, like, the uh, world is about to... And potentially, and all of the other two, not Suicide Squad, Justice League Dark members, um, they're like, we need to save June, we need to help her. And he's just like, ah, oh, no, fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, literally kills her to end, end the um, conflict. God, I, re I really hope that's in Justice League Dark. And I really, really Well, hope it's not that, going right? to be in Justice League Dark. Because Damn it! Well, if it's in Suicide Squad, and we don't know. This is a rumor at this point. Um, the other thing is Deadshot and Harley Quinn, and this is all just verbatim from Latino Review. Deadshot and Harley Quinn meet early when Deadshot is assassinating an inmate that is being transported from Arkham. Quinn disrupts the hit when she tries to break Joker out, and both are captured and taken to Amanda Waller's prison. Waller has the Joker move to the prison as a means to keep Quinn in check. So... So this means, that's interesting to me too. Yeah, because this is Suicide Squad us, Harley yes, Quinn. It also tells us the nature of... Uh, their relationship at yeah. this point. Um, so they were a thing, separated. She still probably loves Mr. J. I really hope that this is... Was it Was it Batman and... It might have been Batman Beyond. where Or was this always a relationship and it just flew over my head? Where he legitimately despises her and she's just... Has, he doesn't care about her at yeah, all. She does. loves him. Well, I mean, I know he doesn't care about her, but there was a point where he just literally despised her. There's an amazing moment. Um... In, when they brought Joker back in New 52 for the first run in Death of the Family, uh -huh. uh, where he's confronting Harley and she's confronting him, like, where did you go? Why did you leave? Um, long story short, you remember the hyenas? I can't think of their names off the top of my head for some reason, although I do know them from the animated series. It's like they're dogs. Yeah, yeah. Um, he kills them both and then locks her in a dungeon because she's trying to stop him. And he's like, Oh, did you think you were the only one? And, um, That's a really good impression. Thank you. There are a million other like dead, decaying Harley Quinns, people just skeletons in Harley Quinn costumes in various states of decay that the Joker has been taking in, fucking with, and then just killing. So she's not the first Harley Quinn, which is kind of stupid because her name is Harleen Quinzel, but... Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, it's, I mean, if Joseph Gordon-Levitt's name can be Robin, I mean, fuck yeah, it. Well, you know, anything's, anything's happening. Although it didn't say that they were named Harley Quinn, so they were just wearing her costume and colors. So, yeah, no, in, the, in canon, in the comics now, they are not an item. Uh, yeah. Joker can't be held down. He needs to be free to sow his wild oats. Yeah, I, I really, really hope that they go back to Maniac Joker, not Nerf Joker. Yeah. 
I'm interested to see Jared Leto's depiction of him in this yeah, movie. Yeah, very excited. I, as much as I loved Heath Ledger, I think this may be the first time we get a legitimate Joker. Like, now, I wouldn't call Heath Ledger not a legitimate Joker, but I do know what you well, mean. And as more, much as he... Wo- it, yeah. That was a unique... Yeah, um, it, was a, it was his own take on the Joker. Yes, well, and it was brilliant. Take, absolutely yeah. brilliant. And I think he perfectly captured the spirit of the character. Yeah. It what did I'm, not capture, capture the joke. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think Jack Nicholson was closer to that, but it also violated the spirit of the character. It's like when you look at all of it and... Um, Look at it on paper and read it. Like, okay, there's the Joker's characteristic. Look, oh, look, he had uh, zap hand yeah. things. He had crazy pie-in-the-face type stupid And then shit. he's going to totally just fall in love with this one woman, and that's what he's going to focus on for the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, I did not think that... I, I, I didn't think he was bad as the Joker. I just I didn't really care. I think it was a very two-dimensional kind of uh, depiction, and that had more to do with the script than it did with Nicholson. But I think Ledger's... A, the, the Nolan script and Ledger's portrayal were just top-notch all the way. Um, fucking brilliant. You got a, you got a little Is brown on herpes? your nose from Christopher Nolan's, yeah, yeah, Christopher no, Nolan's no, asshole. No, that's not, that's not Christopher Nolan's asshole because uh, I don't really care for him. <laughs> but, um... Oh, other wait, news, wait. But... You got a little uh, shit on your nose for constantly living inside of Christopher Nolan's asshole. We had a whole episode dedicated to that. <laughs> Anyways, put you in your fucking place again. Other news about the Suicide Squad film is uh, Tom Hardy no it's longer dropped in it, out. Apparently, yeah. Um, I've I mean, heard conflicting things. I mean, how can you just drop out of a comic book major motion picture event? I mean, you had the op. Oh wait, mm. that's right. Do you know what uh, he's pursuing in lieu of that? Now, I've heard conflicting stories uh, about why he dropped out. One one was just scheduling conflicts, and I think that's probably closer to the official one. The other one I hear is the one, uh, the director of Birdman actually has an upcoming project. Well, he's been working on that. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, playing Deadshot, or not, who is he playing? Rick Flagg. Rick Flagg in Suicide Squad versus doing the next fucking Birdman. Potentially. Potentially. Birdman could be a fluke. It could be a fluke. Yeah, that's true. You got a point. Fair enough. Um, Yeah, but he's not going to be in it. Who did they replace him with? Oh, they're Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. They're recording Jake Gyllenhaal. That's not official yet, is it? No, it's not. Yeah, well. But um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Granted, I haven't seen um, Nightcrawler, which I hear is just phenomenal. I have not seen it yet. I've been trying to see it. I have not seen it yet. Oh, we're gonna go the other day. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal for me is always been a really forgettable actor i don't know why i just i'll see him in a movie and forget he's in it. i think he's very good i think he's bad at choosing the right roles maybe not bad maybe it's career advice maybe it's like just that's what he can get he was amazing in donnie darko he was amazing in brokeback mountain and i think oh he was amazing in fucking proof um i think he's a very solid actor uh i think that he just hasn't had maybe the best career opportunities but, you know, we'll see Nightcrawler. Yeah, we will. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of sad that Tom Hardy's not in the film. And allegedly he dropped... Well, one of the reasons why he dropped out, too, is because he didn't like changes that they made to his character. But I think at this point, the script is only in its, like, third or fourth draft. Mm-hmm. So that could change. Yeah. And I'm imagining Tom Hardy going into a room and, sa- and saying, and saying, no, saying, no, no, I don't... Try it again. I imagine Tom Hardy will be standing in a room... Saying that, no, I don't like this change to the character. And um, 
the screen, the scriptwriter is just sitting there going, well, you know what? That's too bad because I'm in control. And then at that point, Tom Hardy will just, you know, put his hand on the guy's shoulder gently and go, do you feel in control? And then they'll, they'll write it to whatever he wants. So, you know, we'll see. Do you think that gives you power? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that gives you power over me? Yeah. That's one of my that's one of my favorite things about that movie. Um and I Tom I'm not, Hardy? Not a big fan. I thought, well, fucking yes, Tom Hardy all around, but that moment in particular, I just thought it was such a cool cinematic way to do that. Yeah. Like it was just the gentlest touch. Just like and then yeah, it it, it perfectly communicated the fact that I will kill you right <laughs> now. Yeah. It wouldn't take anything from me. I can and then kill he did. you with my pinky. I could kill you with my left testicle, which is twisted around, but I wouldn't feel it. I've got some poorly defined chemical coursing through my veins from my mask. Was that I never explain that. It's insinuated. I always, I always Maybe imagine it was holding it was pressure. his face together. Yeah. yeah. Like, because when they punched it, there was like a hissing noise. Like, there was mm-hmm. air pressure. It did. There were so yeah. many fucking. I don't fucking. There are so problems. many questions I have about it that. It doesn't movie. matter. And you know what? Like, as, as, as I, I don't hate Nolan, but obviously I don't, you know, fucking adore him the way that you do. But even from my perspective, that that was not a Nolan script. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. I mean, he's known for having some pretty big plot holes in his films, but this was, like, lazy. This yeah. Was like, this felt like a, well, you know, I mean, second draft that they just turned in, and they were like, okay, let's shoot it right now. Well, I mean, there was an extra, like, 52 minutes of footage. We gotta get it out before the government deploys the uh, uh, assassin to the movie theater. Yeah. It was all an inside job. No, there was, uh, they, there was like an extra 52 minutes of footage, which the, what, I, what I don't like about this is um, Christopher Nolan, he never releases like deleted scenes. I he never releases that. extended cuts. Because his whole viewpoint is the film that I release in theaters, that is the film in its entirety. And I get it. Yeah. I, and I, I, to a degree, I could respect his... Uh, Decision. You know, as an auteur, but like... Come on, dude. Especially when you're talking about things the like Dark Heath Knight. Ledger, yeah. Dark Knight. It's like, that is his last performance. That yeah. is the, all we got, and it is an iconic moment in cinematic history. I think it would just be, you know, an honor to fucking Heath Ledger just, to release it. Just re-release the, you know, I hope. I really hope he doesn't George Lucas it. I mean, I hope he does in some... He won't. For, no, he, but like, Warner Brothers won't. No, like... Warner years, Brothers is not going to destroy that footage. No. He just, Christopher Nolan doesn't own it. No, George not, Lucas owns it. That's not what shit. I'm talking about. Like, 20 years down the line, they're going to be like, oh, buy the Dark Knight, you know, in a uh, fucking... Tin case. You gotta put Jar Jar Brinks in there. No, but they'll be like. Gonna be a Shabulba crawling we, down the stairs and job is there. We we have uh we'll release it in a steel book and have um an extra thirty minutes of unseen footage. You need fucking steel books. <laughs> but um but yeah and it, I'd totally fucking buy it. Oh, I totally would. would. Yeah. You'd buy it if it just came out on Steelbook anyway. I probably You'd would. You'd buy it if you were negative $13 into your bank account and it came out on Steelbook. I, yeah, yes, that I would. You I have mean... poor impulse control, Michael. <sighs> yeah. It's okay, though, because, I mean, I can stave off food for a while. It's fine. You really can't. I've seen you. <laughs> you're, you're a wee wisp of a boy. Um, but, yeah, Suicide Squad. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm still... I'm almost giddily excited for this movie, and not because of it being a movie. I do not care about the plot. I do not care about anything about the movie other than I'm like, I really want to see Harley Quinn in live action on screen. I, I really want to see Jared Leto. I really do. Bet you would. Well, I want Guy! To- <laughs> oh, 
I want to see Jared Leto's portrayal of the Joker. Um, yeah, no, and another portrayal of the Joker, absolutely. I think that's, you know, I think that's... Culturally defining at this point. Yes, it is. Because Jack Nicholson's portrayal People of Joker, care, Heath Ledger's, yeah. People care more about the Joker than they do about Batman in terms of who's playing him. And yeah. I think it's always more fun to watch. I yeah. really do. I mean, it's more fun watching the bad guy. You know, in most cases. Mm-hmm. Not in, happens a lot in DC. Not so much in Marvel. Yeah. In Marvel, Marvel has Loki. And they need to... Yeah, and literally, that's it. Yeah. Mm. Hopefully, Ultron... Hopefully. He looked cool. He does. He got, we saw that preview in on the big screen this uh, last... When did we go to the movies? It was a couple Fucking days ago. yesterday, two yeah. days ago? I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh my god, James it Spader. It looked really... And yeah. just that song and the way... that just a wonderful fucking trailer for Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. All around. Yeah. I think James Spader was a fantastic choice, and I know that you agree. Uh, yeah. Um, I think all the Marvel films really have just fantastic choices for casting. I, just, I liked the look of him, just the way that he was standing and like the, the way he carried himself. Yeah, it was the marionette look. Yeah, almost had a Joker-esque quality to it, the way he shuffled into the room like that. Um, not to say that they're you know taking. Well, I'm sure that they're taking notes, but they're not ripping it off. But it did have. He had a Joker-esque gait, the way that he walked in. Yeah. Well, the Heath Ledger Joker-esque gait, anyway. Yeah. That kind of just swagger to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we granted, saw... it was a broken piece of machinery, so the swagger could just be malfunctioned, but... Mm-hmm. We saw a small clip of um, Aaron Taylor Johnson and... Scarlet Witch. The one that wasn't an Olsen, but it still is. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch, yeah. And they look cool. Have you have you heard of uh, what Marvel's plans are for the cinematic universe? Keep making money. Well, no. Um... Keep making buttloads of money and <laughs> yeah, giving yeah. half of it to... RBJ. Yeah, no shit. No, no shit. Uh, I think their plan is, it it was either by the end of, it was either by the end of Age of Ultron, or by the end of Captain America 3, that they're going to have either killed off, or sent into space, the existing Avengers team. All of them? All of them. And, uh... Are they gonna put them in a big space dildo, like in Superman? (laughs) No. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. But, uh, and then the Avengers Infinity War... We'll start off with a new team of Avengers, which will be, you know, characters from Phase 3, which will be Ant-Man, Black Panther. Um, that's, all of that's awful to me. Yeah. I Spider-Man, too. Spider-Man's supposed to be an Avenger. Spider-Man! Time. Holy fuck. This is all but confirmed at this point. Yeah. Gonna be in Avengers 3. Yeah. And 4. Possibly Captain America 3 as well. Yeah? Yeah. I heard that they were changing that... Um, to Black Panther, as has everyone at this point. Uh, I think... That you don't necessarily even need to put Spider-Man in it at this point, because Civil War is going to have to be changed so drastically, given the fact that there are not secret identities in this universe. Yeah. Not a single Avenger at this point has a secret identity, am I wrong? Uh, Natasha Romanoff. Well, she has, like, an alias, but she works for the government. It's not like Spider-Man no, putting on a mask. Oh, not anymore. Oh, I mean... Well, it's actually, did. technically, yeah, because she works for Stark now. But, I mean, her her identity would be... Not public information, but it would be classified and available to the people who needed it. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. Um, it's not like she's just a vigilante. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. But if the entire crux of the conflict is that it's the Superhero Registration Act, when, um, or where, uh, masks have to take their masks off there are no masks however i think that the perfect way to go and i was going to write an article about this for the website and never got around to it and probably never will because you can't write or read 
No, I don't know how to read. I can write by smashing my forehead into the keyboard um, a million times and then having you edit it, but... It's a rough job. Yeah. No, I was thinking, the way that you would go about this, instead of it being um, secret identities, is you have in this universe, you have this team of incredibly powerful people who basically have no limits. Um, what is a thing in the cultural zeitgeist right now that we would be worried about? Well, we've got all of these fucking cops um, overstepping their power. And you have people getting really mad about this. Um, this would be civil war in the age of uh, I Can't Breathe. Ultron. Yeah, in the age of Ultron. No, in the, in the era of I Can't Breathe, in the era of like the NYPD going crazy and other police departments across the country and people being very angry about that, I think it would be the perfect means of social commentary to, uh, you know, work something in. It could, and I, I, it, it, yeah, it's brilliant. It could totally work. And I can totally see Captain America being on that side yeah. where, like, no, truth, justice, loyalty. Especially from the way he was portrayed in The Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. Like, he's this very oh, he'll man go out of his time. He'll go, yeah. against, he'll go against his government. Um, because his government isn't... What it used to be. Yeah. Maybe what it ever was. Yeah. It wasn't what we all wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. Is what it is. But, um, but no, I, I can totally imagine that. Because um, they they, they're changing the origins of Ultron at this point. Yeah. Because, uh... Well... I kind of have to. Yeah, because Ant-Man was... If Ant-Man was in Phase 2, maybe it could have worked, but he wasn't. So uh, the origin for Ultron now, if you haven't heard, which if you listen to this podcast, I can't imagine that you haven't heard. Uh, Why do you even listen to this podcast, yeah, people? We just regurgitate shit you probably already know. Um, listen to us on the subway yeah, when you don't want to talk to other people. When people are asking you for change. Mm -hmm. um, where uh, Stark takes down a broken piece of Chitauri tech. Yes. An artificial intelligence and gives it form. And that's just a, a, brilliant a terrible, idea. terrible idea. That's like, oh, yeah, you know how? Let's give them control to the nuclear <laughs> launch codes. Um, what I was thinking that would be really cool but didn't happen, sadly, uh, is instead of introducing, like, a new, you know, we'll take the Chitauri tech and we'll change it and thing, have something established. Like, oh, so Stark wants to help protect the world, so he's going to make Jarvis this super powerful thing, and Jarvis goes insane. Because, I mean, Jarvis... That's the way I was thinking it was going to go, too. Yeah, because Jarvis they, isn't, like, a main character. Like, he was a Phil Coulson, basically, where he's there. people love fucking Jarvis. Yeah. It would provide an emotional thrust in as much as people already have attachment to him. Yeah. And to see Tony Stark have to take down this thing that he loves and that we all love. It's the only thing he's had for those three films that have been consistent. Except for Pepper. That was kind of questionable well, in the same film. I mean, she's a human and has... She, I, I don't know, that could be argued, but I, I would say that Jarvis is closer to, like, the on-screen dog or somebody that yeah, you would just the have. the war horse. Yeah, you, where you just have instant emotional attachment to it just because it's kind of cute. Like Bill Coulson. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be the perfect thing to have to, you know, take away. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted to make a really dramatic... Especially from someone like Tony Stark at this point. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, a person that... Yeah, no. I, I, okay, I, I circle back and I agree with you now. It is the only consistent thing, I guess, in his life that he knows that he could rely on. And... Yeah, fuck it. That <laughs> was a long pause. <laughs> um, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm like, what are we talking about anymore? I don't even know. Uh, Tyler Pino just had a stroke, everyone. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> He's now dead and I'm going to have to do this by myself. 
<laughs> ah, it'll be all right. Gian will be back in like April. Yeah. But um, but no. What other news do we have? No, hey, that oh, was actually, my two things. Actually, really. speaking of uh, speaking of Marvel, Agent Carter premiered well quite a while ago at this point the third episode is now out which it i have did, not it seen did, it did. but i have seen the first two episodes tyler pino have you watched them yet i have not but hearing um what you have had to say on the matter i really am going to go and watch them because this sounds exciting to me yeah it's from the it's from the writer of the winter soldier yes which is awesome right there fucking sold yeah and Brilliant. it's from one of the best superhero movies in uh history yeah and it's from the director of the peggy carter one shot which i don't know if you've seen but it was done really well for what it was um marvel's agent carter is supposed to be an eight episode miniseries to my understanding again fucking sold yeah because i like the idea of brevity in television i think it's one of those things that game of thrones does really well um not in that it's you know certainly not a miniseries however it is kind of like a series it's not like series. arrow where there's just filler every yeah, where it's open-ended and they have to fill shit it's yeah. it is it's a series of miniseries because each season is a book yeah i mean granted i hope we get to see more of agent carter because i really enjoy it um but at this point i mean i'll be fine with just having a you know well, that's the consolidated thing, though, like, eight episodes. how far can you go in that universe because you eventually have to get to a point um where she's old and dying in a bed yeah well, the point that they have it at now is it takes place a couple years after the first Avengers, mm-hmm. and uh, she has since been folded into the SSR, and despite... The what? The SSR? What is that? It's like the Secret Service something. Oh. I don't, I don't know the acronym. It's... it's uh, to remind us what the acronym is, I can't like remember. U- the USSR? Like no, the it's just the SSR. Union. Okay, I don't know what it's, that means. It's, the sh- it's a progenitor to S.H.I.E.L.D., because eventually it was explained in um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that Peggy Carter... progenitor? Car- the progenitor, yeah. Is that a word? Yeah. I've never heard that. Uh, it's, it's Agent Carter forms what then becomes S.H.I.E.L.D., and she yeah. forms it under very shady circumstances because... Which is cool. Yeah, because the whole thing that they cover in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is that when Peggy Carter established it, it was this very weird thing where she didn't really necessarily have the support, so when she was trying to combat the terror that was going on in the world, she had to recruit a lot of ex-Hydra in order to have the technology and have the resources to do this, and that's how Hydra started developing within S.H.I.E.L.D. Another thing that's fucking brilliant, because that's exactly what the U.S. government did after World War II in um, hiring fucking Nazis, because yeah. they had a lot of information. Yeah, but um, but no, Agent Carter takes place a couple years after the first Avenger, and she's been folded into the SSR, and despite, you know being fucking Rambo in the first Avenger, which you haven't seen. Um, what? The first Avenger, Captain America, the first I've film. I've seen it. Not all of it. Not all the way through. Yeah. No, because there's a point where she's just really awesome in the movie. I've seen, like, probably two-thirds of it. Yeah. But there, there's a point where she's just, like, walking down hallways, gunning down Hydra soldiers, like, it's just nothing. Mm-hmm. And she's really awesome, and it flashes back to that a couple times, it just shows you how badass she is. Mm-hmm. And she's now in a work environment where literally everyone in her office treats her as a secretary because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's very, very, it's, it's this very, um, pro-feminist kind of thing. And it makes me really happy to see with... As a woman... It makes you really happy to see. Yeah, exactly. Um, it makes me really happy to see the way that these issues are addressed, because it's not like they're being swept under the rug anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, especially at the time, because you could have had a time period like this and just not addressed it, but they do, and they do it. They handle it so well that it makes me so happy to see. Um, and, I mean, not even just that. I mean, the, to- the whole show, it is the only show, well, comic book show at least, 
that has been tonally consistent throughout. And it's fantastic to see a show that knows what it's going to be. Yeah. Do you want to set that up now? Or? Uh, no, you should be okay for now, because if I pause it... Okay. Um, do I just keep going now? Yeah. Um, and it, it's... I mean, it's... I mean, even for being on, what is it, ABC? It's filmed remarkably well. Mm-hmm. Like, the cinematography is great. The story is great. The pacing is great. Action is filmed really well. Like, it just surprised me on every level. Like, it's a show that I would have never asked for, but I am really happy it exists now. Sure. So, I mean, DC, they're, DC, they really, really tried. They tried really hard to, like, try and take over the television realm since they basically lost the movie battle at this point. Um, and Marvel's yeah, like... Yeah, it's gonna take a... Yeah, Mar- and Marvel's... An uphill battle. Marvel's just going like, oh, TV, we can do that too, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. Marvel can do anything at this point. Yeah. Basically the they Umbrella Corporation. They have no limits. Yeah. Um, Pretty soon the government's just gonna have to regulate Marvel. You're funded by Disney, man. I mean, you could do anything you want. Pretty much. Mouse got deep pockets, Michael. <laughs> but uh, I, I know, would... I'm from fucking Florida. <laughs> they own our entire state. <laughs> But, uh, but no, I would definitely say check out Agent Carter if you get the chance. I'm going to check out Agent Carter as soon as I get the chance. Um, anything else on television or... Um, Constantine just returned. It did. We watched the first episode of that, didn't we? Yeah, the, uh, we watched season return... What do you call it? Season return? Mid-season end break? Mid-season return? I remember virtually nothing about it. Um, other than it looked good. Like, I liked the camera work on this one. You didn't. Um, it, it felt very, uh, it, it, not handheld, not, well, I mean, was, but it felt very, uh, what the hell, what, what, what were I looking for? Cock face. Yeah, there you go. No, it, it was in motion the entire time, which was kind of unsettling, because what I really... Oh, looked, it looked very dynamic. Yeah, dynamic. Kinesthetic. Kinesthetic, yeah, there you go. Uh, which I wasn't a fan of because what I've enjoyed so far about the cinematography of the show is that you had a lot of very subtle camera movements and you had a very lot of, like, medium shots. It was far enough back and it made Oh, it, absolutely. Yeah, camera it, placement is not one of my issues with that show. Yeah. Um, or and, camera work in general. I just... Better locations, maybe. Better lighting. Yeah. I mean, I... I, I and I love the camera work thus far uh, because every time I looked at it, it looked like a panel of Hellblazer and it made me really happy. And in this past episode, you had a lot of these disorienting, like, we're going to follow him or we're walking kind of shots, which is fine because, I mean, I guess it fit narratively, but... It did, and it picked up where the last one left off. So it was starting on, you know, this huge... Yeah, uh, climax. Uh, climax. Yeah. And so it kind of carried that energy throughout, so I'd be interested to see how the next episode goes. Yeah. Um, if we're going to think about, like, what does the show look like moving forward. Yeah. However, overall, maybe it's just because they're still in Mexico at this point. I I liked the locations. I liked it. That's not terribly common for the show for me. Um, I think that they shoot in very generic-looking locations. So yeah. That's the only, only uh, uh, problem I have with the show. Yeah. Uh, this episode, it, I think the only problem I had with it is that it was a part two to the season, the mid-season finale. Yeah. And it felt like its own standalone episode because the issues that were addressed in the part one were completely well, not brought I up. I do remember that we were talking about that a little bit. It almost looks like there's a new DP. Yeah, that's what I, that, that's what I said at the beginning of that episode. But they yeah. wouldn't do that. Anyway. There's no way that they could have done that. Because yeah. it had to have been already shot yeah. beforehand. In yeah, the I, think, I think what happened was they probably just wanted that feel of disorientation yeah. going through. It, it worked narratively, I think. Yeah. Um, um, no, but what happened in the episode is uh, if you are caught up with the mid-season finale, 
the events that happened in the mid-season finale where John Constantine was shot and he was dying. And Spoilers. Was, yeah, and there's... Holy a, fuck, what happened? Yeah, yeah, well, you were there. Who the fuck is John Constantine? <laughs> Keanu Reeves. No, um... <laughs> but, uh... That's true. And he was dying and there was a demon there and he's gonna kill him. So what John Constantine does is, is immediately at the beginning of the episode, which kind of felt like there was no real build-up to it, is he just lets a demon inhabit his body... Which, it, you know, the demon takes him over, heals him immediately. Which is something I was really happy to see, because that's something that John Constantine did in the old Hellblazer comics, because John Constantine is a character who's always very adamant that he doesn't pick a side. Like, does he work for heaven? Does he work for hell? He doesn't pick a side. He just does what he does to get the job done. And that's something that they illustrated in this episode. It made me really happy. Um, and what I love most about this episode, actually, is uh, Matt Ryan's performance. Uh, every time he had to flip back into be, being a demon or just being this incredibly run-down, emotionally deprived John Constantine, mm-hmm. it was brilliant. And it reminded I mean, Matt Ryan as an actor has stated like his favorite run of Hellblazer was uh, Dangerous Habits. And I could totally see the influences that he had in that because that was, that was a series where there would be many, many arcs where he would just be just so fucking depressed and he would just be like ranting to himself or to another character about just how shitty everything is and you'd be reading this and be like wow this fucking sucks you think about a character like constantine and um being how bitter and cynical he is and there is that point in the story where you want to know how he got that way yeah and it's fodder for a lot of lot of really really good writing yeah um, and that's and that's what this and that's what this episode showcased it really it really showed john constantine hitting that rock bottom mm-hmm. and matt ryan's portrayal was beautiful like it made Absolutely. me so happy to see john constantine on screen being john constantine and while I haven't read much of the new 52 run of John Constantine, I feel like that's what that is lacking. Yes. Because being that... I've read a bit of it. A couple bit. of the first uh, arcs, and yes, I absolutely agree. That is exactly what it's lacking. Yeah, because, I mean, Hellblazer was a DC Vertigo, and now Constantine mm-hmm. is a DC property. There are things that they can't do yeah. in mainstream DC that they could get away with in Vertigo, and I think yeah. that could be part of the problem yeah just that emotional kind yeah. of depravity mm-hmm. and i it's something that i really love seeing as john constantine's character was on screen and um yeah even though even though the i felt the episode itself felt disconjointed from the last episode i thought it was a fantastic episode if nothing else for matt ryan being john constantine at this point yes um absolutely i think hands down the best thing the show's got going for it is matt ryan yeah um and he, he just embodies the character so well. So I hope that if the series does not continue for as long as we would like to see it, I sure as hell hope that he gets the part to, or gets the ability to play it in Justice League Dark or something in this DC cinematic universe that's happening. Yeah. Because holy shit, would that be a waste. Um, At this point, I just want to see the Constantine film with Keanu Reeves remade almost yeah, shot, shot for shot, shot with, with fucking with Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, but um, but no, I I know Guillermo del Toro is a fan of Justice League Dark. Otherwise, he wouldn't be pushing for this film so hard. I hopefully, think he's a perfect fucking director for a project like that. Yeah, and hopefully he has seen the show Constantine, which yeah, I obviously he is. obviously he should. Um, and I really hope he does see in Matt Ryan what I see in Matt Ryan. Your dick. That too, eventually, <laughs> hopefully, maybe no, but um, just his his embodiment of the character is so perfect. Right. Yes. 
So yeah, Constantine. Yeah. So Constantine. Check it out. Constantine, watch it, check it out. It needs your support. It's winding down to its original 13 episodes. So, yeah, give it your love. If not, NBC, come on, give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, well, they pushed it up. Yeah, it's they, at 8 o'clock now instead of 10 o'clock, they, which I guess is still Friday, but 8 o'clock is the primest of the primetime slots, Chan. That's like saying, though, that, I don't know, What what is that like saying? It's like saying brain hemorrhages are the most least problematic. I don't fucking know. Shitty pun. <laughs> of all the hemorrhages? That's probably not true. There's a pun there. There's a, figure it out. There's a pun in there. Just figure it out. You're intelligent enough. Um, other than that, the only other news I can think of is the Oscars, which is now not called the Academy Awards. It's called the Oscars. I'm sure about that. I'm... Have you verified that? I don't think that's true. Because last year... Because what you said was this year will be the second annual Oscars. Or something like that, yeah. That's exactly what you said. I remember. I listened to that episode. I'm the only one who has, but I listened. <laughs> um, I've n- I haven't seen that anywhere else. And I looked it up. I was like, did they change the name of the Oscars? And I was like, wait, that's redundant. Did they change the name of the Academy of the War? <laughs> I, I haven't seen anything about that. I think it's just interchangeable at this point. Okay, yeah. It, it, I think it might be, because it's... I'm looking at the website now, and it says the 87th Academy Award nominations for the 2015 Oscars. So. Okay. Yeah. So, well, it... Because... My problem with that situation... It sounds so stupid. Been like, it just seems so dumb to be like, why would you reset it just because you're going to start calling it the thing that everybody calls it anyway? I mean, everybody says the Oscars. You don't sit around the water cooler and say, hey, did you hear about the Academy Awards? No one says that unless you're in the fucking Academy and you're in a, a pretentious douche. Um, everybody says the Oscars. Literally everybody. In the world, Michael. But... So resetting it, that's just confusing. They, they're, they're just doing the Apple thing now where it's always just going to be the Oscars, but it's, oh, it's the 2015 Oscars. It's the 2016 okay. Oscars. Yeah. Well, that makes that makes sense to Like, I would rather them say it like that than to say, oh, the 75th annual Oscars, because 75th doesn't mean anything to me. Then I have to do math and think, okay, when was 75 years ago? When was the first one? If when they was just 75 say me, years ago? I don't fucking know. I was there. I was was 46 years old. He was in the parking lot jerking off. Yeah. (laughs) The parking lot of of, of the local Uncle Spinny Dervish. I don't know. Yeah. I just made up an old-timey word. Anyway, I think it makes more sense to call it the the 2015 Oscars, because I know what that is. I'm like, oh, it's the Oscars. Do you know it's the 87th Annual Academy Awards? No. But I know it is the Oscars, and I know it's the year 2015, and those two things work in my brain. Um, and so I know little does. Yes, true. Correct, Chan, correct. Tell us about the Oscars. Tell us about the Oscars. It's, you know, it's exactly what you expect. Most of it's bullshit. There's a yeah. couple gems, but most of it's bullshit. There are two gems in particular. There are two gems in particular. Let's, Both of let's... our fucking top favorites of the year have, have, have gotten nominated. Yeah, for a lot of things. Let's start from the bottom up. Okay. That way we can build up to best picture. Because oh, that's what everyone cares about. That's what everyone does on these Oscar podcasts anyway. Uh, you mean the Academy Award podcasts? You mean the 2015 Second Annual Academy Award? Yeah, there you go. Uh, that started 75 years ago podcast. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, so for best cinematography, 
You care about? I like cinematography. Mm. All right. So wonderful and pissed off about this category. All right. So for best cinematography, we have Unbroken, Angelina Jolie film. I can honestly say I didn't see it because it didn't looked watch like it. shit. Uh, Mr. Turner, which didn't watch that either. <laughs> Dick Poop. <laughs> Dick Poop. <laughs> oh, I do hope he gets it. I, we're not even going to explain that. Hopefully by now you know that that broke Twitter. Dick Poop. I'm not cutting any of this out. I'm going to have you laughing for 15 minutes at the word dick poop. <laughs> it sounds just either A, so unarousing, or B, like a disease. Or C, kind of arousing, but you don't understand why. Okay. Mr. Turner. Uh, by Mr. Dick Poop. Uh, <laughs> Who was in that movie? Um, was know. that... What is his name? The guy that looks like a rat? I remember seeing... Wormtail. Seeing I, that? I remember seeing the trailer for it and be like, wow, that looks really awesome, and I never saw it, and now I can't remember what it is. Uh, <laughs> English painter J.M.W. Turner. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's the one about the painting. Um, I forgot who was in it. <clears throat> but it looked good. Um, the next, next one is Ida, or Ida. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, by... I'm not even gonna try... Uh, I'm not you know what's awesome? <laughs> the lady that was reading poop. that, the lady that fucked up Dick Poop, <laughs> which is Dick Pope, ladies and gentlemen. Two names that are also just words that we read about frequently. She perfectly pronounced this name I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna before try. it, which I'm is like try. this Eastern European name. Flawless. <laughs> didn't stutter. Did, got it through it without a hitch. And then she fucks up Dick Poop. And my favorite part about it, when she says it, she's like, dick poop. Uh, a dick poop. And there's one guy in the audience like, yeah! And I love that that happened. Because, Michael, that guy... Was dick poop. That guy was me. It would have been me. If I was there, I would be the one asshole that somehow got a hold of a press pass because of a stupid podcast that he does on the internet. Um, and he photoshopped the thing online. Here's Dick Poop. He goes, yeah! <laughs> you can't hear it. Mikey Chan is laughing into a pillow right now. Far away from the microphone. Oh, God. All right. All right. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. Okay. <laughs> Lukas Zal and Ryzard Lenjewski. Lenjowski. It's actually, it's like... <clears throat> I don't remember the way she said it, but it sounded pretty easy to pronounce. It's just so different. different, different, different. Just the way that they use the letters. It's just like Rit Richick. Razak. Yeah, Razak. Roughnecks. There you go. Um, next up, Grand Budapest Hotel by Robert Yeoman. Very good movie and a very beautifully shot movie. Well, I mean, it's a Wes Anderson film. What do you However, expect? I always thought that... I get Nah, yeah, I guess he would have to have a DP. I would think of Wes Anderson as the kind of guy that would call his own shots. Well, I mean, he just controls everything, doesn't he? Yeah. So we're here. A tour. Finally, we have Birdman, or the unexpected virtue of ignorance. Oh, it did get by, for uh, cinematography. But yeah, by that's Emmanuel why I was mad. Lubeski. Whatever. Um, Lubeski. I was mad because I didn't think that got nominated. I'm well, like, you how do you read not? The list. I don't know how to read. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> you just gave me the most pained, heartbroken, <laughs> emotional face I've ever seen. And I literally am dying inside because it's so funny. 
Mm-hmm. Not because I'm sad, just because it's funny. Yeah. Um, costume goes design. With you. Um, you have no soul. I don't. Uh, I. Your soul has been replaced with a dozen Hostess cupcakes. Yeah, it's delicious. Um, I a th- dozen Hostess <clears throat> cupcakes a day. I think it's pretty obvious here what our choice is. Yeah. yeah, dick poop. Yeah, dick poop. Because I want to hear them say it again <laughs> on TV. I really hope they make lots of jokes about it on the telecast. Then I might actually watch it. Unless fucking uh, uh, Pharrell is wearing a big stupid hat again, then I'm turning it off. There's Twitter evidence of me going, oh, Pharrell's wearing a big stupid hat again. I'm turning this off. You know, from Arby's? last year's Oscars. Arby's actually yeah, tweeted, yeah. No, go ahead. Did They don't know. Arby's, Arby's tweeted at Pharrell Williams like, hey, we want our hat back. Yeah, which is awesome because it looked like it. Yeah. Arby's is delicious, but not food. Yeah. Um, no, Birdman on a technical as well as the oh, creative man, perspective. Where's the nearest Arby's? I have no idea. I want some potato cakes. I wouldn't actually go and do that, but that is a thing that I very much want right now. Go on! Yeah, um, Birdman. <laughs> Fuck, I want Jack in the Box. <laughs> They're not even connected, but I want Jack in the Box now. Anyways, Birdman, The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, <clears throat> beautifully shot. Beautifully edited, which we'll get to shortly. Uh, oh, that's yeah. why I was upset. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just, if you haven't seen it, it's a very seamless transition that they have between scenes where it's supposed to give the illusion of being filmed all in one shot. Mm-hmm. And being that they're not necessarily locked into, into filming it in a particular way, they do some pretty incredible things with the camera, mm-hmm. even despite that whole one shot restriction. Well, that being said, even though it's not actually one shot, I have oh, to no, imagine no, no. that all of the scenes were shot very, 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 very long shots, um, and it was fucking gorgeous. Now, as a film student, I can't, or you should know it, I'm not technically a film student, but I can't think of the name of it. What is that Russian film that gets thrown around in every fucking introductory to film class that you'll ever take, except for, for the one that you took. Um, it's a one-shot film, and it is legitimately one-shot, but it's, it takes place in, like, Victorian-era Russia, and um, it, it's just, like, them going through a museum and a bunch of shit happening, and it's just disorienting. <clears throat> oh, no, no, no. no, I did see this. I yeah. did see this. It's disorienting, and it's incomprehensible, and it's completely awful. And that's the problem that happens with like really long shot well, movies like that. They're literally just talking. Yeah. That does not happen once in Birdman. It is yeah. oftentimes disorienting on purpose. However, it's all from start to finish. It's just a beautiful piece of fucking cinema. Yeah, it's called the Russian Ark. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know why I wouldn't be able to remember something like that. What a bland it's title. Not, it's not Noah's Ark, and it's not the Ark of the Covenant. So why? It's it's Russian, and it's an ark. Is there? I don't know. They're in a museum. There's probably an art. Alright, next up. Costume design. Do you care about costume design? No. Yeah. Costume design? Go ahead and read it. Alright, costume design. We have Mr. Turner. Um, by, by Dick Poop. Yeah, by Dick Poop. Maleficent, Into the Woods, Inherent Vice, and the Grand Budapest Hotel. <clears throat> it astounds me that a film like Guardians of the Galaxy did not make this. That does piss me off a lot, because... What wonderful... Even the... I mean, you think of costume design, and you think of, like, all of the aliens and shit and guardians. But even things as simple as... The leather um, jacket. The leather jacket was fucking beautiful. It's beautiful. That's what I was going to say. Just a well-crafted piece of fuck, And you remember it. It's iconic looking. Just in, in its craftsmanship, I think that it is... A travesty that that movie did not get nominated. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a comic book movie, yeah. Tyler. No one, no one respects it. It did get nominated for something else. It did. We'll get to that. 
Um, best directing we'll get to later. Okay, let's go back down the list. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Best writing for an original screenplay. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the nominations are Nightcrawler, which I haven't seen yet. Again, really want to. The Grand Budapest Hotel, Foxcatcher, Boyhood, and Birdman. Or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. I, again, I'm going to have to go with Birdman because the writing was fan- fantastic. Not only did it feel natural, but it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I mean, if you need proof for this, um, what's her name? Emma Stone's yeah, single speech on mm-hmm. uh, relevance is deserving enough for this award. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what do I probably think will win? I don't know. Probably Foxcatcher. Maybe. I don't know. It's, I it's haven't seen Oscar enough of those movie. other movies. It is an Oscar movie. But uh, I, 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 I honestly couldn't call it. I would l- My preference, Birdman. Obviously Birdman. Absolutely Birdman. But, you know. <clears throat> yeah. Um, best writing for an adapted screenplay? We have Whiplash. I don't understand how that's really an adapted screenplay, though. Yeah, me either. Probably, well, I mean, it was a short film. Have you seen the short? No, I have not. Okay, it's literally the sequence where he's berating the fat guy, um, who was not actually off of... Off of key. key. But, uh, it ends up, it's literally, it's just a joke. It's like, it's, it's crafted as a joke. There's a setup, there's a punch, and then it's over. And it didn't mean to tell any story larger than that, other than J.K. Simmons is still in it. He was an is asshole. He? Yeah. Berating his uh, team, and then the what is the punchline? It's like, oh, he wasn't actually off key, but he didn't know that, so. It's bad enough. May as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, line for line, it is just that sequence from the movie. It's, awesome. Yeah. Um, next up, we have Theory of Everything. Uh, following that, we have Inherent Vice, then The Imitation Game, and American Sniper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't know what to say about this one. I really don't. Visual effects? No, this is uh, writing from an adapted screenplay. Whiplash. You think so? Just because I think it should. I don't know what will happen, but Whiplash. Most yeah. deserving. Especially I... after we saw American Sniper. Yeah, no shit. Um, I think probably the imitation game will win. I didn't see it. Don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's... It just... The, see, my process, for the, my process for the Oscars is... There's things that I would like to see win, and then there's things that I think will probably win. And my thought process behind things that I think will probably win is either A, what's the most obvious choice, or B, what is the most roundabout, irrelevant choice where it's not based on the art that's produced, it's based on either the politics behind it or the gimmick surrounding it. <clears throat> and I feel like The Imitation Game, even though I hear great things, is probably one of those films. Yeah. Not saying that it's a shitty film. I love Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm really excited to see this movie. But it seems like one of those films where that's its sole existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, best visual effects. <clears throat> we have X-Men, Days of Future Past, which I didn't think was that astounding. Yeah, the visuals in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Um, they weren't bad by any means, but I don't... They weren't X-Men Origins Wolverine, yeah. but they weren't Jurassic Park. Granted, I don't understand... How, how films get nominated in this category. I don't know what the process is. Because yeah. everything everything should look really good in this day and age. Yeah. Next up, we have Interstellar, Guardians of the Galaxy, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I say Interstellar. Yeah, I say Interstellar as well. I didn't see it, but I think that's the one that's going to get it. Yeah. I mean, it was a beautiful, beautiful-looking film. And, and Nolan one... always shoots a beautiful, beautiful-looking film, and he is a lot like Kubrick um, in... 
that regard in that he does really non-conventional things yeah. with his camera. Yeah. Um, and he and I, especially in a film like Interstellar where he was not trying to replicate Kubrick's success with 2001, but he was trying to pay homage, like homage to it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that'll win. And yeah. actually... I, wager, I, I literally just went on a speech about how I think that there, you know, there's two different things for what I think will win and what I think will, you know, should win. Sure. This is a case where I think Interstellar should win. Interstellar is probably going to win. Yeah. Um. Okay. <clears throat> Best short film. I haven't seen any of these. Have you seen any of these? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, Best sound editing. We have Unbroken, Interstellar. The Hobbit, Battle of Five Armies, Birdman, or American Sniper? I don't fucking know. I don't know how this category is judged, honestly. Like, <clears throat> yeah, what's I the don't... best sound? Whiplash. What's the best sound? Whiplash editing? isn't on there. I don't fucking know. Whiplash oh. isn't on there. I know, but I'm just saying, <clears throat> like, of all the movies uh, where the, st- the sound really sticks out in my mind this year, it would be that. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I sound think... editing. I've sound edited before, and I'm like, I don't know what they would look like. Or look for and something like that. What it would look like? It would look like wavy lines, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I'm looking at some right now. <clears throat> the only yeah, the only thing that really made an impact to me as far as sound editing went was Interstellar, and that's not because I felt the mix was particularly wonderful. It's because there were a lot of signs at the theater saying, "Listen, there's not a problem with our speakers. This really is the loud. way that the film was supposed to be heard." And I, I shit you not, these signs were at the theater. For what movie? Interstellar? Interstellar. Of course they were. It's Christopher yeah. Nolan. Yeah, so you have a lot of these, like, really... Bah. Well, I mean, they didn't have the... They didn't have the... Inter- they didn't have the Inception bombs, but they had the, uh... Like, the build of, like, the engine of the StarCraft, or just... And, like, it would build... It was kind of like Gravity, where you'd have that just really loud, intense build, and then it would just cut off mm-hmm. and be silent. And it would... Just, it would make your heart stop, and it was wonderful. Space is silent, Chen. Yeah, no one can hear you scream. No or one can hear you queef. Or curse. Pussy uh, fart! <laughs> Go on. Or, um, yeah, but, so I'd say, um... Yeah, I'd say Interstellar. American Sniper sounded great. It sounded okay. It sounded it's like, like there were bullets. But it's just like, you know, come to think of it, that scene in the, the shooting range, the first yeah. scene in the shooting range, literally sounded like there were bullets hitting behind us. I, that's probably just because the speakers at the... Were next to us? The, well, they weren't that close to us. We were kind of in the middle. But the speakers there were probably pretty good. But I was like, that literally sounded like it was not from the movie. And it was just happening in the back of the theater. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, this wasn't a Dark Knight Rises kind of thing. Just, no. Yeah. Was too, too soon. soon. That was too soon. This yeah, is the second soon. time... Uh, we've made a joke about that particular tragedy on this episode. Anyways, um... James Holmes, you fuck. <laughs> you ruined the biggest movie of the year. You know, I actually, I went to The Dark Knight Rises, like, the second day it came out. I went through it, that midnight showing. Yeah. Long, tragic story about that. <laughs> I do not have the most tragic story <laughs> no. about that, obviously. No! Holy fuck, never mind. <laughs> I was about to stop you right there. <laughs> Anyways. People died, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways, fuck it. Mo- I'm moving on. <laughs> Best sound mixing. Also American Sniper. Also Birdman. Also Interstellar. Also Unbroken. But now we have Whiplash. Yeah. For what? Sound, sound design. No, sound See, mixing. I don't know sound the mixing. difference between sound those mixing. two things. I Me have neither. no idea. Me neither. 
Whiplash, because it was there. Yeah. Best animated short film. I didn't see any of these. You probably didn't either, because you don't like animated things, because you're dead inside. Um, mm-hmm. That I am. Best production design. You care? Yes. All right. Best production design. We have Mr. Turner, Into the Woods, Interstellar, The Imitation Game, and The Grand Budapest Hotel. Take it this back. Is... Don't care. Grand Budapest. I saw that Grand, one. Yeah, I liked Grand it a lot. Budapest. It's a, it's a Wes Anderson film. Yeah. There's, there's no way it doesn't win production design. It's just design. so quirky. Okay. And fun. And, oh my <laughs> god, the cakes look delicious. It's a big plot point. They make these delicious looking cakes. Anyway, go on. Okay. Um, Gion was in that movie. Yeah, he was the main character. Yeah. Um, best original song. We have Love Stars from Begin Again. We have I'm Not Going to Miss You from Glenn Campbell, I'll Be Me. Glenn Campbell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go back and listen to our first episode. Literally our first episode. There's a whole thing. Yeah, okay. Um, Grateful from Beyond the Lights. Glory from Selma. And here, here's the out-of-place one. Finally, Everything is Awesome from the Lego Movie. Well, at least it got nominated for something. Yeah. You'd think that was a national tragedy, the way Facebook reacted to that. Yeah. I think the thing that really pisses me off about this... Was it this or the soundtrack? Best original soundtrack that pissed me off. I'll get to the original score. Original score is probably what what, was robbed from. Anyways... I really hope Everything is Awesome wins just because I will shit myself if it does. Because there is no way in hell that that wins. Yeah. Yeah. No. Probably if, not. If Everything is Awesome wins for best original song, I make a wager. Wait, make a wager for me. I will legit drink a bottle of Sriracha on the podcast. No. <laughs> no? Um, drink a bottle of Sriracha on the podcast. All right. Awesome. Okay. No, put it down your pee hole. See if you oh, could, no, fuck that. See if you could get more torsion. <laughs> see if you could unstaple the staples. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, no. Um, how's about this? Can we, can we... <laughs> can we what? Can we give an update on that? Can we get an update on that? <laughs> 76, uh, 75, 76? 70%. All right, so... 70% so of your ball still exists. Uh, yeah, 70% of my left testicle still exists. That's I most. Went, I went to the, uh, the... I went to the doctor, which... Actually, if you've ever been to a... What was it? A urologist, I believe? If you've ever been to a urologist, I don't imagine there's any possible circumstance in where that's a good thing. No. You know? Probably you're, not. You're going to a urologist. Odds are, it's pretty fucked Even up. Even if it's just like a checkup, you're not like, I'm happy to go to the urologist right now. <laughs> yeah. But, um... I got to the urologist. I waited for two and a half hours to see, which I, I was fine with because honestly, this needed to be checked up because I it's something that you worry about. Your balls. Yeah, um, I worry about them too. <laughs> and um, what made it all better is that there was a hot chocolate machine in the waiting room, and it made me so happy. Did Did you dunk your balls in it? I did not. Sadly, that probably would have made it better and also hotter. But you know, it's beside the significantly point. hotter. Probably but, uh, third degree burns hot. Yeah, but uh, the, but uh, the doctor, you all just said that uh, there. Since I waited so fucking long to I'm go to the ER, so surprised that it worked out as well as it did. Yeah, considering I waited, Glad. and considering I waited seven hours between initial pain and going to the hospital, mm-hmm. when there's like what a sixty percent chance that if you ever get yeah, this, yeah, it was literally a, uh, no, it was yeah, a sixty percent chance that they would have to remove. Period. If it happens at all, no waiting time involved, it's a 60% chance that you would lose one. Yeah, so I waited seven hours, went to the ER, got to the ER, ended up keeping my testicle. And uh, yeah, the doctor said, 
Yeah, well, I mean, about 70% of it is still there, because I don't know why I'm doing that accent. About 70% of it was still there, um, just because of, you know, the necrosis, lack of oxygen to it, which sounds disgusting. But um, I still have it, which is great news. But he was saying that even if, you know, they had to remove it, they would have put in a prosthetic, which I imagine I, has we a looked, very... We looked up pictures. We, we have a very... That, that has a very niche market to it. No? Holy shit, find that thing. We need to read that. What? Oh, <laughs> yeah. That'll be on the next episode. I don't got time. We're already going a little bit late. All right, all right, We've got other stuff to talk about, but... Remind us about that. <laughs> if you can. But you don't have a prosthetic. No, I don't. I have I 70% of my original left testicle. Well, thank good. God. Can they get you, like, 30% of a prosthetic? No, but they said, considering my age, like, it should grow back. What? Yeah, I don't know. Where did it... A, where did it go? <laughs> I don't know. Is it still in there? I... Just floating around? <laughs> like the big bane just went everywhere um it's a piece of us all now (laughs) (laughs) there's a piece of me in all of you see we are all actually composed of michael's balls (laughs) fantastic i mean Um, mikey chan i'll call you michael fuck you yeah um anyways yeah everything is awesome if that wins i will pop my right nut (laughs) okay okay um Best foreign language film, I don't think this is really relevant, because as much as I wanted to see a couple of these on this list, I didn't. Ip Man. Nope, not on there. Oh. Plus, it came out a couple Ip years Man ago. Ip Man 2. Also came out a couple years ago, also not on there. Oh. Pokemon, um, the first movie. It came out in 2001, didn't oh. it? Oh. Anyways, makeup and hairstyling. The nominees are Foxcatcher, The Grand Budapest Hotel, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. It Guardians deserves it. Fox Sketch is probably going to win. Yeah, that's exactly my point. Because it's a big groundbreaking thing where Steve Carell is in face. I put a nose on his nose. <laughs> yeah. And he acted real good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy should, it should. I mean, it's the best makeup work I've seen since... I mean, if... 30% of your balls fell off. Yeah, exactly. Now, I was going to say either The Empire Strikes Back or Men in Black 3. Um, both of those had fast, fantastic prosthetic work. <clears throat> Best original score. We have Theory of Everything, Mr. Turner, Interstellar, The Imitation Game, The Grand Budapest Hotel, and Not Whiplash. I did not know that Whiplash was an original score. It was. And my thought is maybe the rest of the Academy didn't know either. Yeah. Because <laughs> there, is, there is literally no other movie that is completely based around... The way that music is worked not only into the narrative, but into the editing and cinematography as well, and works so perfectly and seamlessly that Whiplash did. Yes. And also considering that the music was beautiful as well. Wait, speaking of seamlessly and things that are not seamless, you know what? Grubhub? Is not seamless. Grubhub. Your balls. Okay. I'm just saying. Alright. There's a seam from where you say. <laughs> Go on. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, what was I? Whiplash. Yeah. I don't know. Cut it out. Whiplash. Let's see how it flows. <laughs> <laughs> Whiplash isn't in there. Whiplash was not nominated. Whiplash deserves to win. It did. Um, just, based on the one fucking song alone. Just based on the song the fucking movie's called. Like. Yeah. If and you that's not that's that was made for this movie. 
Yeah, all the pieces. Caravan, the Whiplash. The fact that A, that didn't get best original song, and B, this did not get best original score, that's a fucking... Insulting. Yeah. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's like, remember that time Goodfellas won best motion picture? It didn't. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's like, if you look back at the Oscars over the years, the things that they pick for best picture just do not make sense. You remember that time Empire Strikes Back won best picture? Also didn't. You remember that time uh, Star Wars Episode One didn't win best picture? Also did. Yeah, exactly. You know what won that year? Do I give a shit? Titanic? Shakespeare in Love. No. No. Oh, no, Titanic Titanic came out before that because George Lucas was like, we're never going to beat Titanic. Or no, oh, no, then it came out the time. same year, because he would have... Uh, maybe, I don't know. I thought he was tracking that. Yeah, something like that. I don't know, Shakespeare Anyways. and Love won, and it wasn't a very good movie, that's all I have to say about that. Anyways, best original score, Whiplash should win. Go go on YouTube and just listen to the soundtrack, for fuck's sake, and you'll totally understand what we're saying. Yeah, go watch Or I hope movie. so. Yeah, Jeez. go watch, I mean, go watch the movie. Va- available video on demand. Um, I don't know. I feel like Hans Zimmer should win it just because he's fucking Hans Zimmer at this point. Did you know he scored Thelma and Louise? I did. Did you know he scored The Lion King? No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. That's Well, I mean, Elton John wrote the songy songs to that. Maybe he did the score. Yeah. Like that. Okay, didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Elton John and Bernie, whatever the fuck his name is. Bernie Mac? Bernie Mac. Bernie Elton Rose. John and Bernie Mac. Bernie Burns. Rick Burns. <laughs> Mr. Bur- Montgomery Burns. Anyways. He's a fictional character. Anyways, do you have any thoughts about what should win best original score? Nope, because don't care, because it's not Whiplash. Yeah, fair enough. Best film editing. We have American Sniper, Boyhood, Grand Budapest Hotel, The Imitation Game, and Whiplash. And here's the thing. Whiplash. Again. Whiplash, sure. Whiplash. It was great. Why is Burden a Man not in this fucking category? No shit. Like, this was a movie where it was edited... So seamlessly, where the film looked like one continuous shot. I mean, granted, there were a couple points where, like, oh, okay, they went to a really dark corner, so the light adjusted. Noticeable cut. Whatever. Um, but no, I mean, it was... It's not even a noticeable cut. You only notice it because you're thinking, oh, where did they cut? Yeah. And knowing a thing or two about camera work, you were led to assume, okay, it's probably here. On the Had dark Had nothing shot. to do with, you know, how the shot actually looked. Yeah. You would, if you knew nothing about cinematography, if you were told that this was one shot, you would never question it. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but no, what the fuck? Were I they, have no were idea. They, did, they just read a, did they just meet a quota? Because, I mean, we know at this point that the Academy Awards, they don't actually base their things around, you know, how good a movie is. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, like, that's, all, that's a fact at this point. It's all politics. It's all politics, yeah. Um, but what... Like what the fuck? Did they just read did they just meet the Birdman quota? We're like, all right, we we need to stop at this point. I don't know. I, mean, they're, I they're, just don't yeah. know, Chan. It 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 I don't fucking I fucking don't know. Um I would say either Boyhood or American Sniper. As My uns, pick? as unstylistic and bland as American Sniper I felt was editing wise, it was edited in a way that was non conventional. I guess. Uh-huh. I don't know, not really. I, 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 I didn't... Well, no, both of those films, I didn't really question the editing. Probably Boyhood's gonna get it because it's... It's Boyhood. ...based on fucking 15 years worth of footage, but... And yeah, I mean, to that end, it's like I felt like I was watching the whole movie, or one movie the whole time. I wasn't like, oh, this is when they shot this then, and then... Uh, or whatever. American Sniper, I was like... 
Well, it was seamlessly edited, but any big-budget movie really should be. You shouldn't watch, like, a multi-million dollar film and go, wow, the editing really sucks. Well, the thing about editing is it's an unsung art form because if it's good editing, you don't notice it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, if it's bad editing, you, uh, editing, you notice it. Cough, cough, taken movies. Cough, cough, we made one. Um, yeah, <laughs> nah, that's not true. We didn't make a movie. We made a five-minute short. It's not even five minutes. It was well edited. No, I'm not even going to take that back, because I edited it, so I have no one to fault but myself. Anyway. Fuck you, you suck, Pino. Uh, the camera work, especially your version, your your portions of the camera work was really good. Thank you. I th- was, that a, was that a compliment? No, go Holy fuck shit. yourself. Okay. I hope you die. All right, there we go. And you're back. <laughs> I hope you die in a fire. And you're back. All I right. hope the rest of your balls fall off, Chan. <laughs> the worst person I know. All right. Boyhood's going to get it. Boyhood's going to get it, because it's full of shit at this point. Um, boyhood's like B. Arthur's dick at this point. It's just so huge. Did you just say boyhood is like B. Arthur's dick right now? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's my Twitter status update forever. What, what, where did that come from? Did you steal that from someone? I don't know, maybe it was a point. flawlessly executed non sequitur. B. Arthur's dick. I don't... What? <laughs> I probably did at one point. Okay, you stole that joke from... From someone. Okay. Uh, documentary features. Do we care? Boyhood is like B. Arthur's dick right now. It's so huge. <laughs> this is the funniest thing you ever said, Michael. Like, literally... <laughs> And now I get to keep my job. <laughs> you don't really have a job. I don't pay you. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> what am I going to do? Who am I, else am I going to get? Zena Wood, know. if you're listening, a... you start work next week. Michael stole that joke. That was his last chance. <laughs> Anyways, um, best cinematography. Covered that already. Costume design. Covered that already. Best directing. There we go. Now we get Kevin Smith. Now we get into the awesome part. Kevin Smith for Tusk. No, I'm just kidding. God, I wish. <laughs> did you see Tusk yet? And I did not. I have it. We'll watch it. All right. Not it's so good. You're, you'll love it. All you right. really will. All right. Because it's a horror comedy and it works. All right. Uh, we have The Imitation Game. We have The Grand Budapest Hotel. Budapest. Budapest, Budapest. Hotel. That is how you would say that. Um, we have Fox. I want a rum in The Grand Budapest Hotel. We have Foxcatcher. Uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> fuck you. Uh, we have Boyhood and we have Birdman. I think without a doubt, despite the talent and actual legitimate art that was made. <laughs> Boyhood is bigger than B. Arthur's dick, right? <laughs> Why did you have to steal it, Michael? I would love you so much. Which I don't. Just saying, you suck. It was still funny. I think Boyhood's gonna this win. Episode this episode is called B. Arthur's Dick. <laughs> no, because we're gonna get sued. I think at this point, Boyhood has to win. Not because I think it's terribly good, because it's a film based around a gimmick. Boyhood's but gonna win. It's, yeah, it's, it's gonna boring. win. Because it doesn't deserve it. It absolutely hands up. You didn't see it. I did. It is the most boring thing in the fucking world. There's no plot to this movie. It's just a series of things that happen. See, and that's the people. To I was no I was logical just, conclusion. I was reading reviews on this film and they hated it. And people were saying like, "Oh, it's just a nonsensical like, you know, series of events that aren't connected in any way, shape, or form." But then you realize 
that's what life is. And it's supposed to be... Oh, that's absolutely what life is, but that's not what movies are. Exactly. (laughs) I mean... It, it's ex- it, it, it is the movie Slacker to me, which, um, God, what is his name, the director? Just look at it on your computer right now. Would it help you out? Yeah. Then no. No, it wouldn't. It would make me very sad. All right, okay. What's the movie called? Boyhood. No, just, it should be right there. You, you, you who said is the, director the other film. Of Boyhood? You're you looking said at, Slasher, you fuck. It's the same movie. It's the same director. Richard Linklater. Link, Link 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 Richard Linklater directed Slacker. Nothing happens in that movie. It doesn't follow any characters, and it's kind of cool <laughs> and experimental. However, I wouldn't call that a good movie. I'd call that an interesting series of shit that happened. It's the same thing with this. Series like, of interesting shit. Series of interesting shits being taken on film. I'd watch it. But I wouldn't call it cinema. Would you call it Oscar-worthy? No! Boyhood go fuck itself. It can go fuck itself, and I hope it does. But it will win. It'll be best picture this year because it's got the best gimmick, and everybody's fucking talking about this movie. However, it should go to Birdman or Whiplash. Throw a coin, don't care. One of them. This is a very biased kind of, uh, you know, our opinion on things. What should win? Either Birdman or Whiplash. What should win? Birdman or Whiplash. Have a neither of them were not. Neither of them were nominated. Well, fuck it. They should still win. Um, I'm just saying. Like compared, what was nominated? What are Best Picture this year? Uh, we'll get to it. Fuck. Come on. We're building suspense. Best animated feature. You're in that movie. Yeah, I am. Uh, best uh, animated feature: Big Hero Six, The Box Trolls, How to Train a Dragon. No one knows what we're talking about because nobody saw the picture that I just pointed at in your computer screen. Big Hero Six. Yeah. By you're in that movie, I mean there's an Asian in it, and you all look the same to me. Yeah. Uh, best animated feature: Big Hero Six. I'm just I gave up arguing that right. point already. Big Hero Six, The Box Trolls, How to Train a Dragon Two, Song of the Sea, and The Tale of Princess Kaguya. I'm going with Princess Kaguya because that sounds sexy. Well, it was a Studio Ghibli film, and uh, it was actually not directed by Hayao Miyazaki. That was his last film, The Wind Rises, last year, um, which surprisingly did not win the Oscar for Best Animated Feature Film, wow. considering it was a Hayao Miyazaki film, and he's fantastic. But um, for this category, I would actually really like to see How to Train Your Dragon 2 win. I didn't see it. I would really I'd like to I loved the first one. I really did. Yeah, and, um, I, and I, I heard s- that the second one is arguably a lot better. Yeah, I would I would say that... Um, I'd say Song of the Sea, just because I just saw that poster, and it looks like the kind of thing the Academy would go for. Maybe the Princess Kaguya, too, because that also looks artsy. Yeah. But this is the mo- one of the most controversial uh, categories this year, because the Lego movie was not nominated. Now, when I logged onto Facebook the morning, morning that the Oscars were announced... I shit you not, there were 25, and I counted them, 25 posts about this. Then I went to Twitter. Twitter was broken because of dick poop. But had it not been broken, they would have all been talking about that. Like, (laughs) when fucking Sandy Hook happened, I got maybe 13 statuses. When the Lego movie did not get nominated, 25, Michael. This is serious shit. The internet reacted as if this was a national fucking tragedy. Which I mean, I mean, I I saw the Lego Movie and I thought it was great. I really, I really did like it. Um, I definitely felt that there was a point where I was watching it and I was going, "All right, yeah, this is a good family film." And there was a point in the film where it stopped. It changed from that point where just being a family film and then being, you know, like a Pixar film. And it wasn't a Pixar film, which was really weird. But it felt like a Pixar film, where it had that nice... Meaning that it was good? Yeah, exactly. That's Well, I mean, How to Train Your Dragon wasn't Pixar. 
Yeah, but that's another one where, like, I saw the first one, and I was like, how is this not Pixar? Yeah, it's, yeah. Because DreamWorks, I mean, they're not bad, but... They're not they're Pixar. Very, very, they're not very Pixar. hit or miss, yeah. Because there are some that are just They awful. could, I mean, they could make something Pixar, phenomenal like Shrek, or something shitty like Shrek 4. Pixar has literally made two movies that I was like, I don't really like it. And that was Cars and Cars 2. Didn't really care for them. However, every other so Pixar you like, film... So you like Planes, Fire, and Rescue? Oh, I forgot that that was a thing. I was in, <laughs> I was in Los Angeles outside of Groman's uh, when that was premiering, and I had no idea that that was premiering that day. And I was just walking down the street, and I was like, oh, there's Dan Cook. And a bunch of people are talking about him uh, like in the crowd next to me. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's Dan Cook. And I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll have the opportunity to see him not be funny in person. <laughs> and then they laugh next to me, and I'm like, uh-huh. One up on you, Dan Cook. Yeah, the thing about Dane Cook is I, I, I also don't find his stand-up particularly funny. I've seen his stand-up. It's, it's not particularly... It's, it's terrible. It's, yeah, it's not funny to he's me. Fun, he's but famous because of MySpace. He's famous because... As a sweet summer child, you do not know this because you were come when MySpace was a thing. He's, um, he's famous because of cheating on your girlfriend jokes, basically. He's famous because he talks really, really loudly and he's animated and attractive. And he's really good with social media. Uh, Those are the things. But you know, well, my, you don't think he's attractive, but America does. But my my thought process was, all right, who do we need? To think voice? about other stand-up comedians talking about Dan Cook's attractiveness. Think about it like the other top comedians. George Carlin was how hot was he? <laughs> Louis C.K., whom I'm going to go see on Saturday in MSG. I'm really excited. You weren't invited. Yeah, fuck oh, you. Thank you. Um, oh, you were busy. I'm no, sorry. but I was. I was just thinking. Um, Got the tickets last week, and you know, doing shit. But it, it was just one of those things where, like, oh, who, who's, who do we need for a perfect family film? Dane Cook. Yeah. No. No. No, I don't see how he could be in a perfect family film. But no. Planes. I mean, to my point about Pixar, that was a spinoff of Cars, so like, don't even count it. Anyways, again, back to How to Train Your Dragon, though. As much as I love How to Train Your Dragon, I thought it was a fantastic fucking film. Mm-hmm. And I think How to Train Your Dragon 2 is definitely like The Empire Strikes Back to the Star Wars. Right. Okay, the only movie in this category that I saw was Big Hero 6. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was just so-so. That being said, it was not a Pixar movie. It was simply a Disney Pictures movie, which is weird. Technically speaking, a Marvel movie. Yeah. Sam Lee had a cameo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, my vote's for How to Train Your Dragon 2. I bet it and is. I, and I'm, I'm also I'm also extremely embittered, mm-hmm. uh, simply because the first film lost to Toy Story three, which as much as I did enjoy Toy Story three, I felt that How to Train Your Dragon was a better composed film. Yeah, but oh man, the reaction to Toy Story three, <laughs> yeah, um, was phenomenal. I didn't, I didn't, I I loved Toy Story three. I watched it, granted, after Sorry. all the hype, um, and. I think that the hype kind of not I was, sullied it because I thought it was a great movie, but when I saw it, I was like, I don't get what the big deal is. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I was actually in the theater, and the first time I saw it, it was with my father, and I looked over, and my father was in fucking tears, and I was like, are you okay? And he was like, he's just like, That's yeah. one of those things. There's this documented phenomenon about Toy Story 3 where it makes uh, grown men cry, and no one else. Like, you don't hear about women crying in Toy Story 3, but there's just something about that plot, um, I guess, that touches on what it means to be a man, something that you would never know. Um, and it makes you cry. I didn't cry either, so I guess whatever, but... I well, I mean, you wouldn't know. One. No, I'm a woman. Exactly. I have six vaginas. They're all on the back of my knee. 
Best Actress in a Supporting World. We have Patricia Arquette for Boyhood. And she's going to win. Laura, Emma Stone deserves it. Yeah, Laura Den for Wild. Emma Stone for Birdman. Uh, Kira Knightley for The Imitation Game. And Meryl Streep for the imita- for Into the Woods. Which Actually, I think, you know what? Well, Meryl Streep should just get her own category at this point. Because yeah, it's all obligatory. Streep. It's fucking Into the Woods. Are you kidding me? She's getting nominated for that. Didn't see it. It's a bull- was, it's I a bet bull- she was fucking phenomenal in it. Because she's the best actress on the planet right now. But It's a bullshit film. She was fine. Wasn't particularly But it's awesome. just like, oh, Meryl Streep was in a movie this year. We gotta nominate it. Because that's like an ongoing thing now. Patricia Arquette in the movie was not... She wasn't bad. She was very, very good. Um, however, Patricia Arquette is not the most beloved person in terms of the Academy, so she might not get this one. Emma Stone is the person that I would love to see win an Oscar this year. Um, because just that one scene alone, the whole thing she was good. She wasn't given a whole lot to do in the rest of it, but no, that she's a supporting scene character. was so fucking real. It had more emotion in that one scene than a majority of films have in their entire runtime. Right. Yeah. Um, I think Laura Dern will win. Because people have just been shitting themselves over that movie. Yeah. Um, best actor in a supporting role. We have Robert Duvall from The Judge, which I heard was a piece of shit. We have Ethan Hawke from Boyhood, which you say is a piece of shit. It is. We have Mark Ruffalo from Foxcatcher, which he's a great actor, and, you know, him being nominated does not surprise me. We have Edward Norton in Birdman, who was awesome, and we have my personal favorite, J.K. Simmons from Whiplash. Mm-hmm. Which it just makes me happy to see J.K. Simmons finally nominated, nominated for something. For something, and we were t- discussing this uh, earlier in the week. He's one of those people that no one is going to argue that he's a bad actor. No one. Um, he's a fucking an amazing actor, but he does not get roles, and possibly just because he's such a a character actor, um, where he plays this specific type of person. Yeah. He doesn't get roles that are going to get nominated. Yeah. The fact that he got nominated this year makes me incredibly happy, and I do wholeheartedly believe that he deserves to win in this fucking category. Yeah, I, I wouldn't consider his career of something with a lot... Well, not diversity, but the way that he portrays the actors are always usually very similar. Even his character from Spider-Man to Oz. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, the characters were very different, but he acted very the same. Sure. And not to say his performance was bad. His performance in both were fucking phenomenal. Well, there's this but... huge, like monstrously specific type of character that when you read the role you're like this is jk simmons yeah and, and that's he's the exactly only what guy was. to get in that thing and yes it was very much his type however his performance was so fucking just perfect that yeah he absolutely deserves to win a fucking oscar yeah i want to see him win just because it would do my heart right yeah. yes it would it wasn't something that was particularly different for him it wasn't something that was very oh wow you know this is really out of the box for him but, but it's, he deserves not, it. A, he, he out of the it. box shouldn't be the defining factor in what is Oscar worthy and what is not. No, having um, heard about Boyhood, it's yeah. fucking awesome. It's super out of the box and fuck it. Um, I don't, I, I, I don't, I'm not bothered by typecasting too much. Um, I think that if, you know, you bring reality to the role, that should be the only defining factor. And he brought so much goddamn life to this role. Yeah. Uh, I could not see any other person on Earth uh, play that role and do it any sort of justice. Um, what about I think, Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, him, maybe. What about Ben Affleck? Um, but no, yes, I think, I don't know who's going to win. I don't even want to say, but goddamn, I do hope it's J.K. Simmons. He deserves it, and it would make me so happy to see him win an Oscar. Yes, I hope it's J.K. Simmons as well. 
if Edward Norton wins, I won't be particularly pissed Wouldn't off because be he was awesome. Upset. He was great. He's always great. Um, I don't think he'll get it for that, just because it doesn't seem like the kind of role that they would go for. Yeah, I don't think Ethan Hawke's going to get it for Boyhood. Because... Although, as you know, somebody that looks for that kind of thing in like these 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 categories, and only actors are allowed to vote in the actor category. Uh-huh. Um, I think that a lot of people will be on the same page as me with this and say, you know, I really think J.K. Simmons deserves to win an Oscar. So Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, I don't think Ethan Hawke's going to get it because Boyhood's going to sweep every other fucking category. Just yeah, my I words. don't think. He was not strong enough to warrant that. I don't think the film was strong enough to warrant any sort of Oscar, but um, he might. Who knows? Yeah. Best actress in a leading role. We have Marianne Cotillard. From Two Days, One Night, Felicity Jones from The Theory of Everything, Julianne Moore from Still Alice, Rosamund Pike from Gone Girl, and Reese Witherspoon from Wild. Literally no opinion on any of these films. I don't think I saw a single one. <laughs> I also did not. It's so strange that the biggest female category has all of these movies that that's like the only category they were nominated for. Yeah. Well, no, not technically. Theory of Everything was nominated for a couple other things. Okay. Um, but they're not big. Yeah. You know, Oscar-sweeping films. Yeah. Uh, best actor in a leading role. We have Steve Carell for Foxcatcher, Bradley Cooper for American Sniper, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Imitation Game, Michael Keaton for Birdman, and Eddie Redmayne from The Theory of Everything. Birdman is what I want. Probably not going to... Ah. Okay, here's the toss-up. Now, uh, 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 Michael Keaton in Birdman is critically adored. Yeah. Absolutely, hands yeah. down, one of the biggest uh, talked about performances. performances Since Heath Ledger's a Joker, I would might say. Maybe. Um, so I think he has a very, very good shot of winning. That being said, I do also think Eddie Redmayne has a good shot because he, Stephen Hawking, and I. Sure. From what I hear, his deterioration of just his physical health in that film is so mm-hmm. beautifully portrayed in that sense where it's just. It's tragic, and it's beautiful to see at the same time. Sure. So I think it's either going to be one of them, too. Uh, as much as I love Benedict Cumberbatch, and if you listen to this podcast, you know I really do love Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Desolation of Smog was really good. <laughs> it's a shit film, but he was good. <laughs> um, Benedict Cumberbatch, I really do adore him. Sherlock is great and everything. I don't see his character as being particularly different. I didn't see it. In no. Imitation I game? never see him as I mean, anything else but yeah, Benedict but Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. He's always Benedict Cumberbatch. And he's, he's great as fine. Benedict Cumberbatch. He's, he's the best great, Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch there is. Yeah. But, but I don't I don't think necessarily this is a role that's going to be... sounded wrong. different. I like honestly didn't know that he was Smaug. Honestly, did not know when I saw that movie. I just didn't read anything about it, I guess. Yeah. And I, now that I've heard it and could go back and listen, I'm like, yeah, definitely. But I'm like, oh. I wouldn't have guessed. It's actually what's actually more entertaining than watching the Desolation of Smaug is watching him do the mocap for that film, uh, because it's it's it looks like he's having so much fun. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. Um, Steve Carell for Foxcatcher. I haven't seen it. I hear negative and somewhat mixed really? things about it. Yeah. I hear nothing but positive things about his performance. I, I hear a lot I of hear, negative yeah, things about, about the, the film. film. Yeah. I've not heard anything but positive uh, about yeah. his performance. Yeah, that's what I meant. But the film itself. But. Yeah. Uh, Bradley Cooper for American Sniper, I was not particularly impressed with. I mean, he was fine. I he thought was... he was great in American Sniper. I was not particularly impressed with him, the film in general. Yeah. I thought he. I thought it was probably uh, the most impressive Bradley Cooper role for me. Because uh... I don't hate him at all. I like him a lot. 
I... But he's another one of those people where it's just like I see him kind of as the same thing in every role. I... And he's a relative newcomer in that yeah. you know he haven't he hasn't been on this you know the big A list scene for all that long. But I... he always plays a certain type of thing. I think he was almost in uh, unrecognizable in this role. He was. He was. He looked totally different. That's probably because he, he gained like five hundred pounds of muscle. But even his personality. Um... Yeah, and his accent as well. Like he he was he was he was good, but there was a lot of points in the film where he bounced back between showing that extreme emotional vulnerability, mm-hmm. which was just stupendous. It was wonderful. Yeah. And being this very stoic, almost Christian Stewart-esque, like, yep, I'm in the yeah, army. That's true. And it, it bounced back and forth. And every time I'd be shown something so beautiful, like one of his, you know, like very emotional performances in the film, it would immediately be followed by this, yep, army. Yeah, no, I, I I get what you mean. Yeah, I thought he was great. I don't think it's. I just. I don't think it's gonna win, and I don't think it necessarily deserves, deserves to, to win. win. But I, I, I was impressed by him in this movie. I, I don't think that. Um, I I think after seeing him in Silver Linings Playbook, that I know he can do better. Sure. Yeah, and I don't think that's necessarily his fault. Like the script kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah. Yeah. Silver Lion's playbook was fantastic. His performance was fantastic. All right. And finally, we have Best Picture. Now we have Boyhood. Boyhood's going to win. It's got to be Boyhood. Yeah, fuck it. Uh, We have American Sniper, Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, Boyhood, The Grand Budapest Hotel, The Imitation Game, Selma, Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. I was really, really surprised that Whiplash made this. Because, I mean, while I love the film... A, the Oscars aren't necessarily based around what's a good film, and B, this is the director's first time, so he has no political gain in this. I'm not necessarily surprised, because, um, yeah, what is this political game? You're absolutely right. But the Academy does like a newcomer. They don't always uh, elect the newcomer, but people like up-and-coming stories. Um, I think it's hands-down deserving of the fucking nomination. Yeah, Um, I do too. More so than many films on this list. Uh, however, not not the most disappointing category in the world for me this year. Yeah, I mean... I mean, Boyhood I don't like, but I get it. Um, it's a gimmick. Yeah. It's a gimmick. I, it's absolutely... I'm honestly surprised that American Sniper's on there. Yeah, me too. Uh, well, you don't understand, see, because it's based about this war. But even that, that this means is it's automatically Hollywood, dude. It's the most far-left town in history. I, don't, that's not enough yeah, to don't, warrant it. And I just do not think it was nearly strong enough. Yeah, don't, don't... At all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I hate the U.S. Army. I'm not saying that I hated American Sniper. I'm just saying... You just hate America. Uh, no, it's... And everything that it represents. It, it, well, yeah, yeah. And the NYPD. It, mm, and the MTA. Mm, let's, uh... I'm just saying that the film... And vaginas. ...is, uh... Totally undeserving... <laughs> Of an Oscar nomination for Best Picture. Absolutely. abso fucking it, But what I'm saying is, it's surprising, because what, what you seem to be insinuating is because it's this patriotic film that it's kind of getting shooed in. Yeah. Um, because of its subject matter. It, well, it, it, I would say that that almost works against it. Especially so? this year when Clint Eastwood, we're, you know, a year out from him berating President Obama in an invisible chair. People <laughs> see him. He's not a hard-right Republican at all. Actually, if you look into his uh, political ideology, he's a very conservative Democrat. But he's not the most popular man in Hollywood right now. Oh, no. That's why he didn't get the best director thing, because, again, it's all political. Yeah. But 
And I'm not saying that Hollywood... Well, I am saying that Hollywood is super far left, and I'm not saying that there's, you know, something inherently wrong about that. I'm not a liberal person, uh, for the most part. But I, I just... I, I don't think that patriotism is necessarily enough to do it. The Iraq War, maybe. I think that uh, they're still very supportive of the military. Yeah. Um, especially I, the current military. Yeah. I really like that the film illustrated that war is just this horrible, yes. ugly, destructive force. Absolutely, it did. And it, it really, it did that really well. And it's about the only thing the film did really well. Um, it was a very proficient film. Yeah, it, it told was, a story. It, it mean, told the story. It was fine. I mean, it it was shot fine. Well, we'll get into that right now, and we have to make it quick because we're already going a little bit long. But um, what's your fine. pick? What's your pick for this? Uh, well, I mean, my favorite from the year, everyone already knows it's Whiplash. Yeah, mine's Birdman. I hope so, it's Um, Whiplash. But... But Boyhood's probably gonna win. It is. I would be super happy with either Birdman or Whiplash. Like, honestly, flip a coin. I would probably say Birdman if I had a gun to my head, but, um, either way, I'd be super happy. And you're just, you're just saying Birdman to be counter to my Whiplash. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But no, I think Boyhood's gonna win because that's the way the Oscars works. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go ahead and fucking prove us wrong and, I don't know, have that's just know, how to, a yeah, spine for once, go for it. Uh, <laughs> challenging our listeners? No, I'm challenging the Oscar nominee. Oh. Yeah, the board I was going to say, are you calling our listeners spineless? I missed the first part. Wow. <laughs> what a dick. I'm sorry, guys. This <laughs> asshole fucking... Ah, fuck it. It's my last podcast. Yeah. Fuck you all. Well, we'll see you in the next life, Mikey Chang. Um... <laughs> It's not your last podcast. Shut your dick. Sweet. No, um, no. I honestly, I think the, the, I think the academy is too spineless to go with anything but Boyhood. They could prove me wrong. They could come out of left field and say no. Um, the theory of everything won. But mm-hmm. I would be very, very, very surprised if it did. I don't know. Anyway, American Sniper. We already said some of our thoughts on that movie. Mm-hmm. That's right. a, that's the end of our Oscar talk. But American Sniper. We saw this film over the weekend. That's all right. What a horrible film. I don't understand the press that it's getting. Yeah, me neither. It, it was one of those films where, have you ever been sitting in a film and watching that film reminded you of a much better film? Yes. That's the feeling I got. Yeah. Every second I was watching American Sniper, I was just like, I want to go and watch Black Hawk Down right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you were saying that, and I agree. Um, I don't have any huge problems with the movie other than... It's bland. It's very bland. And, you know... We were talking about this as well, and it's a, it's an interesting thing when you're talking about um, Iraq war films. We have a... We, we disagree on the reason why, but we both agree that they're very bland-looking. They look almost flat. Yeah, I think that's because of the color palette. You think that's because Iraq is just, you know, it's sandy? No, I, th- I think it's because it's a really flat color palette. Yeah. But my argument would be, I think that it's simply that people are afraid to be very stylistic when they're trying to shoot it like a documentary. Yeah. Because it's an ongoing conflict, um, and we have to pay the certain amount of reverence to it that you couldn't make a Tarantino film set in the Iraq War. Oh, no, no, no. no. But... Speaking of Tarantino, you could take things that are a very bland color palette. Look at Reservoir Dogs. Or look um, at fucking Django. Yeah. 
shot most Reservoir Dogs in particular shot mostly in a warehouse and it looks fucking beautiful yeah um, Django yeah shot in the old west shot in very blase looking places looks fucking beautiful but those are heavily stylized films oh yeah Clint I have, Eastwood has no style I have never seen a stylized not even just Clint Eastwood but I've never seen a stylized looking Iraq war film well I mean I'd go as far to say as maybe The Hurt Locker it was a good looking film yeah it was pretty I wouldn't pretty. call it terribly stylized yeah fair enough I don't know um but it was a forgettable movie. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, it felt like a January release. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, it's January. A very important January release. Or but a, a January release, January nonetheless. Release, but, yeah. um, Actually, speaking of January releases, did you hear that fucking Liam Neeson said basically fuck you to guns? Really? Yeah. Uh, he was, he was, he, he made a statement, I forgot what it was, but he was saying like, can you do a Liam Neeson impersonation? I have full-blown AIDS. <laughs> well, he said basically, like, the amount of guns in America is disgusting. Well, he's an English person, yeah. and coming and from there, it's like, yeah. Yeah, like he said, there's... shocking. Like he said, there's, like, shocking. something like 350 million people in America, and 300 million of them have guns. Yeah. And it's it's disgusting. It's well, hey, wrong on both counts. There are 250 million people in America. Oh, shit. And 350 million of them have guns. I don't like math. Um, anyways. You're an Asian. What does it matter with you? Yeah, whatever. Breaking stereotypes. <laughs> um, but no, he said this, and immediately, every gun provider for Hollywood films, because I guess they contract them specifically, and especially the one for Taken 3, is saying not to ever support Liam Neeson action films, ever. Not as surprising to me. The, the gun lobby in this country is the most... One of the most powerful fucking machines in, in in the face of the earth. Despite you know it's you know it's that and the healthcare industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big personal fuck you goes out to the healthcare industry. You never return my call. Oh, especially the healthcare industry in the state of Florida, run by Rick Scott, responsible for the largest case of Medicare fraud in U.S. history. And what Florida do? It elected it him to its highest office, um, and he looks like Voldemort. So fuck him. I thought you were gonna say it's Disney. Yeah. Yeah, Disney. Fuck you, Disney. Uh, I have no problem with Disney. <laughs> if, if you fuck up Star Wars, then fuck you, Disney. Sure. But, I mean, it's pretty hard to fuck up Star Wars at this point. Mm-hmm. It's unfuckable already. It's too far fucked. Anyway, um, American Sniper. You know what I find interesting about this movie? The... And about biopics in general? Um, I feel like it. you have to work very hard, and we were just talking about real life not working like a movie um, with Boyhood. I think it must be very hard to make a, a biopic because you still have to to string a narrative out of just like a series of events happening in a person's life. And even if it's a really, really interesting person like this guy, it's still just, you know, a life. Yeah, which is what I give Selma props to because it's taking, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King, who's this very, you know, like he's iconic. Like he's, you know... One of the greatest American heroes. He's one of the greatest human beings at this point. Sure. You know? And uh, you can't make a film about his entire life because it's too much content. There's too many emotional things to leave anything out and, you know, please everyone. So they base it around one particular event. And from what I hear, they do it phenomenally. You know what's interesting about that? Um, We talked about uh, a couple of shows ago, uh, All the Way, with Brian Cranston, the uh, Broadway show where he plays LBJ. Martin Luther King is a character in that show. Um... And the way that they handle him was 
super, super fucking interesting. Because, as we said uh, a minute ago, one of the greatest American heroes, he's almost deified at this point. Oh, right? yeah, you can't I would not say anything that. bad about him, and for good reason. Well, but you, you, I don't think you can even say anything bad about the movie Selma at this point, because yeah. it's about Martin Luther King, and you really can't. But what um, you never really hear about, and I'm not saying that this show portrayed him in a negative light, it did not, you never really get to see the human side of him. And what this show did, um, it, w it was all about racial politics in that time period under Lyndon Baines Johnson. It showed him as a masterful fucking politician. Um, it had other characters who were, you know, in his cabinet that were below him that were saying, like, okay, this is the civil rights movement the way we want to see it. And he's just like, no, that's not how it works in Washington right now. It showed him as understanding the system and understanding how to gain political leverage. And that's not something that you necessarily see in the Martin Luther King story. You just see this person that fought for the greater good, um, the, the greatest good, and, you know, overcame all odds. You never see him saying, okay, but we have to do it this way. And we have to win over these people. And we have to carry out the issue in a way that's going to appease these people, even though we don't want to appease them because they're horrible racists, but we need to because they're fucking politicians. Yeah. It showed him as a very strategic person. And I thought that was super interesting because you never see it. Yeah. And the actor, can't think of his name off the top of my head, but hands down, just as fucking amazing, and if not more so than uh, Brian Cranston in that show. He was brilliant. He played him in such a way that he was not doing an imitation, but you did know it was Dr. King. Um, and, and he was also very just real in the fucking part. Fantastic show. Go see it. Can't. It's closed. Ha! Ah! But I enjoyed it. What were we talking about, American Sniper? Yeah. Not a very good movie. Not, yeah, a, very, it's all not right. a terrible movie. If you're going to go see a movie, go watch Whiplash. But you know, when I was... Okay, my point from before is you have to string a movie-type narrative whoa, out whoa, of these whoa. biopics. We have points in this thing? No. Um, you have to make a movie narrative out of these biopics. And the way this one chose to do it is they took those Al-Qaeda members and they literally made them Darth Vader. Like, the entire thrust of the movie was him going after this other sniper, this rival sniper who was just as good. But they, they never... No. They was... never named him. But that was his whole point for going back so many tours, right? No, they, 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 they gave him a name. Or they insinuated, did they? Oh, okay. they, they? Yeah, they gave him well, a they name. Well, call, they called out Zarqawi. But I don't remember the name of the other sniper. Right? But no, was that really the point of the movie? You think? See, this is where I the, think that this it was is the, where this is where I it loses think me. that the movie insinuated that it was his reason for going back to Iraq so many times because there was something that was going on there that he couldn't put to rest. Yeah, and even at the end, like when he no, we're not going to spoil it. But it's um, a, based on actual when, events, when he, I mean, go read a fucking newspaper. No, but um, the film. I didn't think the film had a focus. It's it's essentially about his life. It's essentially mm -hmm. a biopic, and in that, I mean, they try to make a couple different points, and it never really ends up hitting one particular point. Sure. So you saying that? Oh yeah, the whole thing is about him going after this other sniper. Oh no, 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 not the whole thing. But I think that um, that was a point after to the it. point that he starts when you know the way that he chose to uh, put these events in order. Yeah. You see him getting to Iraq, you see him becoming this really good sniper, but there's always this one other guy. And it is one other guy. Yeah. Um, I would argue that in the movie, not in reality, but in the movie, he was only allowed to let go and stop going to Iraq after he killed the other sniper, right? Yeah. Um, 
I would argue that, yeah, it was trying to make the point that, like, oh, it was this other guy. Yeah. And I would like to look into the historical accuracy of that. See, and as much as, like, do you think it was really one other person? Do you think that would matter? Even if he was the greatest sniper in the U.S. military at the time, why couldn't another sniper eventually take this guy out? Why couldn't you just carpet bomb the city? I just think it seems like such a stupid, like, Hollywood-type moment to be like, oh, the only way he could have peace is to kill this other guy. And the thing I find actually really funny about the movie's called American Sniper, right? Yeah. You see him using that sniper rifle and sniping people just as much as you see other people using the sniper rifle and he's, like, clearing houses. Sure. Like... They literally, they legitimately call this man the legend. Like, yeah. they refer to him as the legend. Mm -hmm. It's his thing. And you're like, oh, so uh, we're going to have a sniper. Uh, it's not going to be the legend. He's actually going to be clearing houses. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, well like, and then the you get into, like, well, what's his actual job? Because he's a, he's in the the Navy SEALs, and they have... He was a sniper. He was... That was his, his specialty or whatever, but they have multiple duties. I mean, it's not like... You could just be like, yeah, I'm the guy who gets the water for everybody else. I don't think they have specific players in the SEALs, because there's so few of them, right? Mm. I don't know. If you're in the SEALs, fucking write in. I had a friend, actually. Well, not a friend. I knew someone... I, I know, you don't have any friends. Yeah, I knew, I knew a guy in high school. Um, he read books about the Navy SEALs every day. And I, I had a, he was a senior at the time, and he was in my Algebra 1 math class, and he was cheating off me the entire class. Uh, so I definitely wouldn't say he's I may or may not have been in Algebra 1 in senior year. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't saying. say he wasn't the most mathematically inclined human being. Nor are uh, you. But he was, he was very nice. He was very nice. And every day he... Nor would, are you. And every day he would be sitting in this fucking math class. And this is the reason why he had to cheat off me the entire goddamn time. Because he would be sitting in this class reading books about the Navy SEALs. Sure. And every day he'd turn to me and he'd go, You know what, Michael? I'm gonna be in the Navy SEALs. And every time I saw him reading this book, I'm like, Yeah, fucking right. Hopefully they don't do an entrance exam. Um, Spoilers, they he, do. He uh, he graduated. I saw him two years later. He was in the fucking Navy SEALs. Really? Like, yeah. Do you still know him? Can he write in and tell us the day-to-day -day life of the Navy SEALs? No, I don't. I, I, don't really I could probably enough. try and contact him on Facebook, but it's going to be really weird. Remember that kid you cheated off of in high school like six years ago? It would be really weird because like, you're contacting him on Facebook and you don't even have a face. Or a book. No. Shut up. Anyways, thank you for listening. I'm Gian Gomez. I'm Tyler Pino. Have a good night. <laughs>